Welcome to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken with you here, good friend and uh, co-host of the of this podcast, as well as the 2080 Baseball Podcast, both of which can be found on iTunes, Mr. Travis Crins. Travis, how are we doing? Driving home from Yankton, eating Lifesaver gummies. Ooh, that's good. I have my uh, Jelly Belly Jelly Beans on standby here. Um, but the Lifesaver gummies, that's a, that's a good one to go with. Uh Let's uh, we'll get to your trip here momentarily, because uh, you had a you had a trip to the cities over the weekend. You saw a lot of different sporting events. We'll even talk. We'll even talk wrestling since. Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> Forty five seconds in, we already get the first f bomb. So I like it. I like it. Um, this is Trump's America. This is Trump's America. There's no rules. That that's true. That's true. They can do whatever you want. There are no consequences. Um, World Series going on right now. We are recording as uh, Game 1 is currently commencing here. And it's been a quick game so far. Both pitchers uh, pitch- performing nicely. Clayton Kershaw and Dallas Keuchel. 3-1 LA right now at the end of the 8th. So, uh, Taylor for Los Angeles got it going in the first inning with a home run. Uh, Justin Turner, is that what his name is? The guy with the beard. Looks like he just came out straight out of a Game of Thrones uh, episode. He has hit a home run as well. So the Dodgers are up 3-1. to one. So as our World Series preview commences here, um, what, what, what are we making of this World Series? Uh, a, a Bregman homered for Houston in the fourth inning. But... Uh, I mean, this this to me seems it's and it's hot. It's hot as hell up there out there in L.A. right now. Game time temperature was almost like a hundred. I think it was ninety eight. So I mean, it goes to figure that the two the first World Series since what the nineteen seventies, where you have two uh, with both clubs that won over one hundred games, that it would be near one hundred for Game One of the. I mean, it, it just it's not a coincidence, right? Not a coincidence, no. No, not a coincidence. So, Dodgers up 3-1 uh, would seem to reason that between Kershaw and you Darvish, they will each pitch twice here in the World Series if necessary. And that would lead me to say that L.A. is probably going to win this one. I will give the Astros two games, but I will say the Dodgers win it, uh, win the World Series. What, what say you? We're pulling for our Astros. Yes, we, we are. Them. Yep, we want what Sports Illustrated had a few years back. Verlander is very good. If he can, uh, if he can do what he did against the Yankees, I think he goes six. I mean, Keiko pitched fine, but I mean they were all home runs. Um, Justin Turner doesn't get any recognition. I don't know why. He's he's been good for three years now. I think he'll he's an MVP start. candidate. Huh? I think he'll start to get. Um, well, he's sure. But, I mean, this this is ridiculous. Why this guy? I mean, this guy is one of the five best offensive players in the National League, and everybody talks about everybody else. This guy is right up there with them. Um, it's almost embarrassing how a little he, he's talked of because um, he's. I think it was probably because his career didn't get off to a very good start. And he's a late bloomer. And he's in his early 30s, and now he's having his best years. 
I would say that is why. But he is, I have no problem putting him as one of the five best offensive players in that league. Then you have Chris Taylor, who should have been an all-star. Mm-hmm. Just a great, great utility guy that can play anywhere, and his offensive production was was very good this year. He should. I. He was uh, when I go through the deal and look at who should be on the all-star team. He was on my list. He should have been on the all-star team. Yep. It was a crock that he wasn't. So these two guys, more than any other, uh, deserve this. So I hope Turner goes nuts. Uh, the way Kershaw is going, he's probably going to be MVP. But uh, Turner MVP the uh, championship series. Hope he hits five home runs. Yeah. Great. No. I, I agree, and I really like this Taylor fellow. Like you said, um, he caught my eye. He's caught my eye in the playoffs thus far. Uh, bullpen advantage clearly goes to the Dodgers, um, especially when you have you know guys like Jansen coming out. And I mean, I think perhaps they will be used sparingly. Maybe not. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Astros their bats have been so up and down this postseason. And they're pretty down right now. Yes, they did do well in Game 6 and 7 against the Yankees in the ALCS. But they left a lot of guys on base. Uh, I mean, I think the Astros will make this a series. Don't get me wrong. And if it is games like 3-1 to one where they're not getting blown out, then I think that's... I don't think that's a that's a bad thing necessarily for them. But they're, just gonna, they're going to have to figure out ways to manufacture runs. You're going to need your... Jose Altuve's and Springer's to really get going here for this squad, um, but I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a very good series. Travis, are you there? We've hit a dead spot. Oh, here we go. Travis, you here? Travis. Yes. Sir. Okay. We went through a little valley there. That was uh, that was that was the valley. All right. Well, I was just saying that the Astros bat. I don't know what part you uh, you missed out on or, or didn't hear, but I was just saying that the, the Astros bats have not been uh, keep it close, like you said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I do think this is going to be a good series. I hope it's not a four game series. You know, at least six would be nice. But I don't really foresee any major blowouts. Do you? No, I mean, two very good pitching pitching staffs. Um, Houston's offense has been bad. I mean, the Yankees' pitching was very, very good. I mean, their pitchers were very, very good now. The Dodgers' pitchers also very, very good. So it's going to be a struggle to score runs in this series, I, I would expect, even though you got two, two teams that are very good on the offensive side. Uh, Houston plays really well at home, or whatever that were. I mean, yep. they're undefeated. Yeah, they're they're six and zero, six and zero at home uh, in the postseason. So if they can, uh, well, they got to take care of business at home here. And see what happens. But we uh, I mean, pitched fine. Uh, McCullers, he was the star of game uh, game seven against the Yankees. So wait, I mean, don't we have to give some credit to Morton because he pitched pretty well through yeah, what five. Well. He pitched very well, yeah. He, uh, he did not pitch well his first game, but uh, yeah, he pitched the first five innings there, shut the Yankees down, and McCullers came in, and he was great. That was a great one-two punch right there. Morton and McCullers, that was a good game seven. So uh, now hopefully, hopefully, yeah, it, it does go a while because uh, I would like to see 
They'll probably to see Kershaw get another start and get to Verlander, get a couple starts again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, is there anything else specifically that you are looking at here uh, re- regarding this series? Is there going is if okay? Let, let me put it this way: If the should the Astros win the World Series, what's the what's the key to them winning it? How, who will be the difference maker? I think their offense has to get going here because uh, you're not going to win three games for in one run. Oh. I mean, you're you're going to have to score some runs in this series. So they did it against the Yankees. They were all at home, but they did it. Yep. So they can get to, uh, you know get to some of these starters. Kent Maeda has done well out of the bullpen. Uh, they got oh, Rich, Rich, <coughs> Rich Hill out there. They got Hugh Darvish. They got to they got to get to one of these guys. So. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to be their offense. Bregman's been very good this postseason. Um, now everybody though was pretty pretty bad against the Yankees. Yep, yep, um, I agree there. And then uh, from the Dodgers' sake, what's the key for them winning the World Series? I mean, it seems like right now there's a there's a stretch there, and I will be. Um, I'll admit I got on board with the Diamondbacks because the Dodgers lost 15 of 16. There in one point, what stretching you know between August and into September, and so I jumped on this Diamondbacks bandwagon. You eventually got on sure. board with me as well, and the Dodgers, uh, you know, just swept them and then took four. I mean, they, they beat the Cubs in five, so they are the prohibitive favorites, I believe, in this series. Uh, so I guess what's the one key, if above all else, for them to win the World Series? Just their pitchers. I mean, Kershaw and Darvish are very good. Their bullpen, a lot deeper than it has been. I mean, Kelly Jansen's the best closer around. So, you get to the eighth inning, it's done. Um, you have Kershaw pitch the way he pitched in game one. Um, that's one of the best games he's ever pitched. He's given up a lot of home runs. It's like the eighth or ninth straight inning, he's given up a home run. So, unless you're hitting home runs off of Kershaw, you're not going to score on him. It doesn't appear. But it appears you can't actually hit home runs off the guy. So, um, I've been. I mean, he has struggled in the postseason. There's no way around that. And uh, this is probably going to be the end of that discussion if he puts together two great starts. Uh, he's got one in the book. So if he puts together another one you know, in, in a game five or so, yep. and then they're going to say, boom, Kershaw, you know, he's he's on the way to the Hall of Fame, and then we get to see the best pitcher in baseball pitch in the World Series. So that's always fun. But um, yeah, for the Dodgers, it's all about their pitchers. So they... They added a bunch of relievers in the uh, trade deadline, and rarely does the best team win the World Series. But uh, Dodgers, if they win, I think you know they were the best team this year. Mm-hmm. So, and that'd be good for them to win. Is uh, well, let's see. Oh, game over. Uh, Jose Altuve is flied out to right, and the Dodgers have taken game one, three to one. So, uh. In a playoff that early on, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. You kind of remember what happened early on. You know, the, the starters coming out of the bullpen, short starts, starting pitching was bad. Then you go to the championship series, starting pitching was very good all around. Looked like the starting pitching in the World Series is going to be very good. And you had these freaking four-hour games. This game gets done on, done in two and a half hours. So, uh, World Series and second round of the playoff is a whole hell of a lot different than the uh, divisional round. Yes. Yes, no doubt. Um, 
So it, it it helps when you have good pitchers, though. Mowing batters down, I think. I mean, that's the that's the real key in this one. If your starters can go the dis go deep into the ball, eat deep into games, um, which is something we haven't seen a whole lot of this postseason. These games will go a lot quicker. Anything else World Series related? I believe the stat is something like. If you win game one, you win the series 25 in the last 30 times or so. 25 or 29, something like that. So game one winners usually win, win the whole deal. That's a, It breaks down to five out of six. So we're looking at 83.3% repeating. So Good odds. Yes. Good odds. Yep, good odds there for the Dodgers. But hopefully we get a good World Series here and we'll be talking about it next week for sure here on the Sports Block Podcast. Uh well, do you want to go NBA next? Is there uh, or do you got anything in particular you want to get to? Uh, the Mets hired Mickey Callaway. He's yep. the pitching coach for Cleveland. So uh, Mets can be very good if their pitchers can stay healthy. So we will see. We'll see what wonders he can do with the Mets pitching staff. They still can't hit, so they got to address that. Right. I was just going to say, that you, you can't, I mean, they, they have zero bats right now, so. Yeah. Well, they can uh, get those uh, pitchers rolling again. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the Mets do. Dusty Baker got fired from Washington. Um, he did just win. Win a playoff series, for Christ's sake, Washington. It, Garden Iron got picked up by the by the Tigers. Yep. I mean, that, I, that's, not a, that's not a move I would have I done well, uh, on either side. Yeah. Uh, but, why you would. Yeah, let, let, let me, before we get to the other ones here, because I do want to circle back to Dusty Baker, and then we'll get to Alex Cora in Boston as well. But uh, Ron Gardenhire has gone through, a, you know, essentially a rebuilding process with the Twins here. They weren't very good. Then the Tigers are in full rebuild mode, uh, but it doesn't seem to me like they are in a position like the White Sox appear to be, or even the Astros, where you do have a lot of this great young talent. So this is going to be... A lot of growing pains throughout, but he is well respected throughout the major leagues. Uh, maybe just needed that uh, that year or two off, you know, or is it year three now since he got fired from the team? Uh, he was with Arizona this year. Oh, he was. Okay, all right. So, but he had some, uh, some uh, prostate cancer, some cancer yes. issue. Got, uh, yep. got fixed, but he was with Arizona this year. Okay, well, it's, and that that's great for him, and maybe he just wants to get back in it. But I, I agree with you. I, is it the fact that he's comfortable with the division and very knowledgeable of the division is why he's back in it? Well, I mean, I, don't, I suppose that helps. But they're going to be bad for a while. I mean, they, like you said, they are just at the start of this. They have not even begun. They traded some of their guys. They got, you know, Cabrera and, and more guys that they could trade. Um so they're just at the beginning of this deal. So I don't, I mean, I can't see him being there more than three years. Like, it's not going to be his fault they're going to lose 100 games here for a while. Right. I mean, just back. I mean nobody's going to do anything with that team. So he's just a placeholder. And maybe he'll be there at the end of the thing when they're good again, if they give him that. But if they fire him, it's kind of like, well, we needed a guy to babysit these guys for a couple of years before we're good again. So, I don't know, I guess I would have held out for a better job. I'm going into next year. Detroit's the worst team. I think Detroit's the worst team going in going in right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Who knows if Washington had any interest in them? But uh, to me, that Washington job is pretty goddamn appealing because guys are there. Guys are there. You just gotta win. Win that game five. Yeah. Well, 
And that's, I think, the larger point there with Washington. I mean, they do change over managers fairly rapidly. Uh, and you do have that, you know, I'm trying to remember here. I want to say it was, I can't remember if it was an NBA coach. I feel like it was. But, uh, and, and the name's escaping me right now. Maybe it's Billy Donovan. I, I can't remember for sure. But you're going into a situation here in Washington where you have a star player like Bryce Harper, but you only have, what, a couple more years of him, and then he's eventually going to go. So are you... One more. One more, okay. Uh, I mean, so that's looming over this franchise, whether or not they will be able to re-sign him. And yes, Washington has many other good players, including Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, uh, as their starting pitchers, but you just wonder what kind of impact, uh, negative impact, that Harper leaving Washington will do, and what that, I mean, does that looming situation, I mean, does that make this job slightly more unappealing? And people were losing their minds over Dusty Baker getting fired last week, uh, and... Okay. I, I, I get it to a degree, like, he, he did win 192 games... Uh, as the as the Nationals manager, but they are so loaded with talent that I feel as though just about anyone could win 192 games in two years, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you made much of a difference. I mean, I'm hard on managers. He didn't do anything in Game 5 that I didn't think was, was terrible. He put Scherzer out there. Scherzer just didn't have it. I was fine with that move. And again, with Harper leaving, they got Jason Worth, his obscene contract coming off the book. So they, they have money to spend, whether it's this year or next year. They have money. They've signed Strasburg to a long-term deal. They have plenty of others, uh, other talent there. Uh, Rendon, uh, Zimmerman's older. So if his uh, contract uh, is up, he can have some money to spend there. They have Adam Eaton, who I think is great uh, early in the season. He he tore his ACL. He was out for the year, but he's a great center fielder. They have loads of talent in Washington, um, so they'll be fine with or without Harper. So I think that is just a, a great job. Whoever gets it is lucky as hell. And then as for Boston, Alex Cora uh, replaces John Farrell there. Uh, Alex Cora has never been, you know, like a manager at this level before. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, was he a was he like a bench player or anything, or did he go straight to ESPN and the analyst position right after he got done playing? Yeah, basically he went there. He went to Houston. Uh, he was an okay player. Um, it sounded like he was the guy for the Red Sox right off the bat. So if you can, I think the key is for new managers is to I think Dave Roberts is good. You have to have that mix of. Uh, getting along with the players, I think Paul Molitor's probably got that check marked. He's players seem to like him. Yep. So you gotta have that aspect, and then you have to. You would like a guy, or at least I would like a guy with a little of the analytic side of the deal, mm-hmm. the way baseball going now. So you can find that mix of guy, the new school and the old school baseball guy. That's kind of what you want. So Alex Cora comes from Houston, where that they're all about the analytics and all that, uh, all the stuff. All the new age stuff, so we'll see if he can make that work in Boston. They got a bunch of uh, talent as well, so uh, it just should not be hard uh, to be good in Boston. They did not, I think they were last, I believe they were last in the league in home runs. Which is hard to believe. Stunning, yeah. For Boston, and that's, that's got to get fixed. I mean, they spend as much money as anybody, and their pitchers, they need some pitchers. So 
they've got some. I mean, for a team that won the, won the division and won ninety plus games, they got uh, they got some work to do because those Yankees. Um, if you're looking at teams for the future, yep. I mean, you look at the Dodgers, Houston, and the Yankees. I think you can't go wrong with any of those three. Nope, I was going to say the Yankees. I think are going to be. Uh, mainstays in that division now for quite some time and that does lead me to Joe Girardi no decision has been made yet as at least that I know of at this time Uh, do you expect him to be back or do you expect him to ride off into the sunset maybe go somewhere else maybe go down to Miami Uh, anywhere I I know Don Mattingly is the manager in Miami right now but uh, Derek Jeter is part owner there and I I got it I think he he does like Joe Girardi a lot. Do you foresee Girardi in pinstripes next year? Yes. I think he should want him. He should want to be back. He's won one World Series as a manager years ago. Um, he's going to win another couple more if he sticks around there. So they should both want him, and he should probably stick it out for <clears throat> for a few more years because they're going to be really, really good. So it, it really sucks that the Twins are good again. And wouldn't you know it, oh, Yankees, also good again. <laughs> yes. Good job. Good job, Twins. Yep. Good job. Uh, any other baseball notes here before we move on? Should be it. All right. uh, got the final week of the season. There we go. Yep. Uh, we'll be talking, like I say, much more World Series next week. Uh, NBA, nothing like overreacting to one week, but uh, the Warriors have lost two games. Cause for, oh, concern, cause for concern in the Bay Area, I would say it's uh, relatively high. Go to hell, Sack, and go to hell. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm panicking on them, but I think there are people out in the <laughs> Bay Area that are a little. They're, they're taken aback by the fact that the Warriors were what one and two, and now I think are now three and two. So that's good news. Oh, what if they're like twenty and three in like four weeks? Well, then then everyone will forget the start. And that's why I say it's nothing like overreacting to one week of the NBA season. But, uh, I mean... Hey, hey, I'm on my Memphis squad, boy. Let's get on. Let's get on. One more call for the Grizzlies bandwagon. The door's closing at midnight tonight. We're well, kicking ass. Yeah, I know. You beat the Rockets. That's fine. Um, kicking ass. I, I, be wise, we beat I, the Rockets yeah. and we beat Golden State. Suck out some Memphis. Yeah, go. yeah, good, good for you. Um, I, I mean, good for me. I, I, you could say I'm Memphis here. If they make the playoffs, okay. I, I'm okay. fine with it. I'm fine with Memphis making the playoffs, but they just don't do a whole lot for me in general. Uh, the Timberwolves played an epic game down in OKC Sunday night, got the win, and then they promptly get trounced by the Pacers in Minneapolis on Monday or on Tuesday night. So what the hell gives with them? I don't know. What other overreactions yeah. shall we oh. get to through the first week of the NBA season? I think Jim Butler was sick, but Indiana beat him pretty good. Uh, probably should have lost to Utah there on Friday. That was a close game. Did, you were at that game, I'm, correct? Uh, we did not go to the game. We, yeah. uh, okay. it, was, it was sold out. It was sold out. Um, thought tickets were $45. I was like, eh, I would have been fine going to it. Um, Marcus Tratcher was a little hesitant, but um, it was. It didn't. Look, we watched the game. Didn't look like the greatest of games. So, sell out. I mean, I think they're going to struggle to get a seven or eight seat. Just given the West is very good, the West yep. is very good, and you can win fifty games and not make the playoffs. Like, I just think you know they're going to be up and down. Uh, defense not quite there yet. Um, again, I think they're going to be in that mix with a seven and eight seat. They're going to be. 
a game or two either way is going to be the difference. All right. Uh, any other... The Bulls. Oh, the Bulls. Holy shit. The <laughs> Bulls. This. This is a team. I said, I mean, maybe 15 games. Ah, that might be stretching. It's going to be bad. Well, I mean, it's you bad. did already have the guy getting punched and, you know, getting in a fight with his teammate and getting his job punched and stuff. They did only lose to the Cavs by seven tonight, though, or oh, on Tuesday right. night. So, it, I mean, you got that going for you, which is nice. They covered. They covered the spread. What in my book? <laughs> did you bet the over-under on the Ravens-Vikings game by chance? Uh, I did not. No, I put the sports betting on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment. I'm going to pick it up again here next week. But, um, yeah, that was a brutal one. Uh, Gophers, Illinois, the spread came down to the final uh, 20 seconds. So, uh, some backbreakers for Vegas or for those uh, who bet on the deals. Well, you, yeah, I like watching Scott Van Pelt on uh, on oh, Sports Center. He does his bad beats. Uh, he did throw in the Vikings-Ravens game on yep. Sunday, uh, but then he did his normal college uh, spiel and shtick on Monday. But, uh, yeah, I, I just wondered. I mean, that was a game that certainly went there. Uh, let's go over your trip here. Unless, I mean, over this goddamn trip here. There, right. there was not, I guess there's not a whole lot else going on in the world of sports. Like college fo- you, Let's get to college football first before we get to your trip here because I'm anxious third, to hear about it. straight week. Third straight week I've missed the football, basically. Next week, we'll, we're going to pick it back up. Again, third week again, doesn't look like I missed much. Well, Don't think a whole lot happened. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. But uh, USC, uh, rest in peace. Uh, I oh, I am sorry to David Schottenkirk for <laughs> ultimately jinxing his team. It was not never my intent. Uh, but they got absolutely trounced by Notre Dame. And I, I can't remember if I talked to you about this last week. Um, I am going to bring it up with Charlie, though. Uh, the fact that Notre Dame schedules North Carolina State this year, and yes, they went down to Raleigh and played them last year, but to get North Carolina State to come up to South Bend for the first time ever in school history on a year where North Carolina State's really good is a stroke of luck. It's not brilliance. It's luck for Notre Dame. Miami's undefeated. They have to play them. And you still have Stanford remaining. Notre Dame right now, if they get through the rest of the gauntlet, they're a playoff team in my mind. I don't know. Even even without a conference championship game, based on that schedule alone, I don't know how you could leave oh, them God. out. 11-1 there. I mean, there are no doubt. 100% 11-1, they run that gauntlet. They're in the playoffs. They might be as high as maybe number two. Maybe Miami knocks them off. North Carolina State, one losses to Georgia. Um, USC, you know, probably going to be in that top 15. They might even still win that conference. So Notre Dame's got a very good schedule this year. And yeah, they're, they might have to be two conferences. Pac-12 doesn't look like they're getting into the playoffs. And uh, ACC, they may struggle. If it's not Clemson... ACC's not getting in the playoff either. So, maybe Notre Dame, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Penn State ever win the Big Ten. Yep. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, Big 12's not looking so hot either right now. you got TCU. Can't imagine they run the table. So, uh, very intriguing. May we, may we get a two-loss team in, or may we get uh, our, our Central Floridas, our our, our USFs. Or Stop it. Everybody else has a lot. I mean, a lot of <laughs> Everybody else has a loss or two. We're okay. 
I think they play at the end of the year. I would prefer to see Central Florida in that mix. I don't care who you pick. Pick one of them. One of them go undefeated. Where are they going to be ranked? I I don't they're know. Gonna be, I mean, they're going to be in the top ten. They're going to be in the top ten. Yep. As, let, let me ask you this: On a neutral field, does Central Florida beat Wisconsin? Does Central Florida beat TCU? I'd like to see it. Yeah. I th- TCU, maybe not. Wisconsin, I would. Uh, I would like to watch that game. Yeah, and TCU's. I mean, Wisconsin. I mean, that's maybe. I maybe. And- and the only reason I bring this up is because Wisconsin likely will only have one loss. And I, I would, schedule. yeah, schedule. because, and okay, so let's say Wisconsin goes, I mean, they're fifth in the country right now, which to me seems absolutely absurd uh, because I don't think they're nearly as good as that fifth ranking uh, that they have, but they're, they're ranked fifth because they're undefeated right now. If they beat Penn State or or Ohio State, are they automatically guaranteed in there? That would be their lone good win this year. In the conference, where they? Uh... Yeah, in in the conference championship game. Oh well, yeah, if they if they do that, yeah, if they win the conference, they're in. Okay. But they got. They got. I mean, they don't have any good wins. But if they go to the conference title game and lose that, they're not in the playoffs. Because you know, look, give me. Central Florida or South Florida's three best wins, and then give me Wisconsin's three best wins, and, and we'll see where we're at. Well, let me let me pull up Central Florida's uh, their schedule yeah. right here, and I'll pull up South Florida's as well. Um, and, and yes, uh, they, they will have beaten each other, South Florida and Central Florida. Yep, one of them will beat the other. So that's going to be a that's going to be the best win, arguably. Sure. Uh, for them, assuming they're both undefeated by that point. Uh, I think the um, Central Florida beat the hell out of Maryland, which is whatever. Uh, I think they both uh, are one of them beat uh, Memphis. Memphis is a good team. Yep. Uh, let's, let's, what, what, what the hell would Wisconsin? Wisconsin's best one would be Michigan. And Michigan not looking so hot. Not looking great. Be Michigan, Iowa. But Michigan, like they, haven't even, they haven't even played Michigan yet. No. Like Wisconsin, what would Wisconsin's wins be? Uh, Their schedule is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And I, okay, so here, here's USF's, and I'll, I'll go through it here. So here's South Give me Florida. Give me the top three. Um, uh, Central Florida. Uh, does a home win over Illinois count for anything? That's bad. That's not great. It's not great. Uh, their three best wins. I can only give you two. I can only give you two. It would be a home yeah. win against Houston on October on October twenty eighth, and Houston is not nearly as good this year. And at Central Florida on the twenty fourth, November twenty fourth, there is no what other would the win. Other one be? I okay, I'll go through the schedule right here: San Jose State, Stony Brook, yeah. Illinois, Temple, East Carolina, Cincinnati, Tulane. And that's that's all we're at right now. They still have UConn remaining and Tulsa, and so and I think who would they play in a conference title game? Uh, let's see. Who's in that other division? Yeah, the, the, no one good. Um, Memphis. It could be Memphis. It it, it could be Memphis, Memphis here. 
Um, so so that would be fun. good. Yeah, so it would be South Florida and Memphis. Now, Central Florida, because they well, are... Central Florida's got a little bit better of a schedule. Yes. Um, the, the, what, what hurts both these teams, though, is that they did have games that were canceled this year. So that's yeah. that's going to factor in Central Florida, of course, more than anyone. But they trounced Memphis forty to thirteen, uh, a home win or not a home win, but a win at Navy, a ten point win. That's pretty the, good win. Pretty that's good the win. lowest margin of victory yet this year. And uh, South Florida on the twenty fourth, they do have to go to uh, to SMU on November fourth. So that you you have you have four better wins. So. We had all pegged South Florida to be that team in the Power Six, or in Central the, Florida. No, but I know. But we at the beginning of the season we had all put yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. we had put South Florida in the New Year's Six bowl. So I think now that based on how this looks here, Central Florida hands down wins the argument. Now I mean they've got the better schedule. I hope they win. I hope they win out, and they'll be if they're uh, you know twelve and zero. Win that conference title game, they'll be in that discussion. And if it's them and Wisconsin, I'll take Central Florida. And let let me just go here. What Wisconsin has so far: Utah State, Florida Atlantic, BYU. The BYU game was on the road for whatever that's worth. Northwestern. They beat Nebraska in Nebraska. Beat Purdue and beat Maryland. They have remaining at Illinois, at Indiana, home to Iowa, home to Michigan, at Minnesota. So you're looking at potentially one big win, and that would be at home against Michigan. Are you talking to Charlie this week? Uh, yes, I am. Did you already? I, I did, yes. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, you... you did, you, did, you go, did you go over this? Well, um... Well, um, no, not not these three teams per se. We, we, think, we we'll get think, we'll get into this would, more next week. I think Central Florida's wins are better than Wisconsin. Oh, I I think I think that's uh, hands down. Um, but I yeah, mean, Central Florida. I mean, put them put them in that mix, undefeated, and we'll I mean we'll have to see what what teams are out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think if there's I mean this is going to be kind of hopefully the first year where we can get one of these teams in the discussion. I don't. I mean, they're not going to make it, but let's have the talk here. Yep, uh, I, I will bring that up with Charlie for sure next week. Here, uh, so Penn State, by the way, trounces Michigan. Uh, Saquon Barkley, just give him the Heisman already. But Penn State with two very difficult games at Ohio State and at Michigan State here. Michigan State looks a heck of a lot more difficult than it did at the beginning of the season. So I'm very intrigued by what Penn State can do. I think James Franklin can lead this team through the uh, tumultuous waters here uh, in Columbus and East Lansing. It's going to be difficult, but I've been impressed with what I've seen from Penn State so far. So I really hope that they can continue to, to win, but it's a big game against a rested and ready Ohio State Buckeyes squad. As you know, I think this is the first playoff knockout game, I guess. Ohio State, Penn State. If Ohio State loses, they're done. Um, if Penn State wins this game, I think they're in the playoff. Yes. Yeah, I mean, even, if one, even if they lose to Michigan State, they can afford a loss. Yep. They, they, I mean, they can win that conference. As long as they, one loss, Penn State team makes the deal. Yep. 
yep, I, I can I can definitely see that. Now, if Penn State were to lose, are they out of the playoff then? No, I, they'd still be in the mix, um, you know. I, at least, you know, Ohio State team with one loss, not when the conference still be in. So, if they, I mean, maybe this, you know, there's going to be one conference left out, maybe two. Maybe this is the year where two teams from one conference get in. We'll just have to wait and see. A lot, see, there's like, there's a lot of, a lot of question marks for, you know, one week away from November, and we don't know a whole hell of a lot here. One last so hypothetical, and the, the college football playoff committee will release their rankings, I believe, oh. on Halloween next uh, next Tuesday. Okay. But let's say Penn State loses, and let's say Wisconsin loses uh, it to, let's say they lose to Michigan, or maybe they lose at Indiana. You know, Indiana pulls out a signature yeah. victory. Hell, what if the Badgers lose to the Gophers? Let's let's just say that, and then the Badgers beat the Buckeyes in the Big Ten championship game. Does Penn State then would they leapfrog into the playoff that way? They could, they could. So, and Ohio State has home game uh, with Michigan Wisconsin, State. Wisconsin, Wisconsin would be in the playoff then. No, but if Wisconsin had one loss and they won the Big Ten championship, yeah. you would put them in over a one-loss Penn State squad. Who's Penn State lose to? Ohio State. If they lose to Ohio State this yep. weekend. Wisconsin would have beaten Ohio State. I would give that advantage to Wisconsin. Yes. Okay. All right. It'll be interesting. We'll find out all about it here this weekend. There are some good games, four games uh, between ranked matchups. We'll talk about that with Charlie coming up here. But let's get to your trip. You uh, made the trip to the cities this weekend, saw a few sporting events. Marcus Traxler joined you. David Schottenkirk joined you. Anyone else on this uh, voyage? This, uh, it, it, uh, Yeah, anyone else join you on this trip? That was it. All right. So Friday, you get there. You choose not to go to the Timberwolves game. What did you do? Took the train downtown, checked in with the Target Center. They were sold out, they said. Like, all right, so we went across the street and watched the game a little bit at some place. Uh, service at these restaurants, very poor, very, very poor. Uh, some new place, they, it's called The Last Fall, uh, like a block away from the Target Center. Newer place, open this year. A fine place, plenty of televisions. Uh, waitress, very bad, very mm. bad. So we uh, stayed there for a time, got on the train, got back before the end of the Timberwolves game to beat that. Smart. Smart. Traffic. Saturday. That was a Friday night. Okay. Saturday, you go then, to uh, watch the Gophers and uh, fail to cover the spread against Illinois. So that was fun. Um, that was a shitty game, sir. That was a <laughs> shit. That was probably the two best, two worst teams. Rutgers beat Illinois. So Illinois is the worst team in that conference. Minnesota, maybe third worst team, second, third worst team in that conference. Do you, good. Do you both, sense a different? Do you sense a different energy with the Gophers though, with PJ Fleck? Like, do you think that this is sure. a team that can turn the corner? I, mean, I don't think they're making a bowl game this year. Five and seven? I don't know. Maybe they get to six and six. We'll see. Okay. But they're, I mean, they're bad. Find a quarterback. Jesus Christ! I know. I know. <laughs> Very it, difficult. It, it, Very difficult. It is. It's like they're the S. This is the SEC North. Not good. I mean, he gave Frank a run for his money, so bad. Yeah, I was going to say, he completes just as many as Mr. Trubisky there. Did you do anything else on Saturday? Oh, went around the place a little bit. 
Saturday we watched uh, we watched Game Seven, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about it for entertainment on Saturday. What, where did you stay at in the cities? Across from the mall. Okay. The the Mall of America, I'm guessing, right in uh, in Bloomington. Yes. Okay. Right across, right across the street. Yes. Very good, very good. And then Sunday, get up, you go to the Vikings game. Uh, the game was not good, but I, I feel like that was somewhat to be expected when you have two really good defenses. At least you saw the Vikings defense dominate. Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin each get sacks. Uh, but your impressions of the building first off before we get to the actual game. It was fine. That's it? The, the, the U.S. Bank, yeah. the, the $1.2 billion dollar stadium, it's just a... It's fine. It, it gets fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. <clears throat> Got a couple of big screens in the end zone. Those are nice. Yes, they are. Uh, the roof is different. Do you like the natural lighting that comes through? It's fine. And the had the big doors open. It was a nice enough day. They had those big things open. Um, it's good. It's a very nice stadium. Um, That's what I was looking to hear. Compare... Compare the Gopher Stadium and the Vikings Stadium. As far as me, I went to two games, back-to-back days. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what what makes the Vikings Stadium better than the Gophers? I believe their concourses are a little more open. Okay. Uh, the natural lighting, I, I mean... I one went... indoors, one outdoors. Yep. I mean, the, the Gophers game... It was just warm enough. It was cloudy, so it was it was warm enough. Uh, Vikings are probably glad that game was indoors. Yep. Just a pitch, maybe sixty degrees. I'm, I'm glad that was indoors. But besides it being one indoors, one outdoors, I mean, one's bigger. One was a lot spent, a lot more money. Yep. I think like the differences are like the suites and the locker rooms and the fancy stuff. That oh, you you toured the thing, right? Yes, I did. Yep. So you, I mean. That's, you know, you can go on the tours, but that's something that the average person is never going to, like, they're never going to be in a suite, or they're never going to, you know, do all that fancy stuff. So, right. like, I go to I go to the game and I said I watch the game, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying anything, so that, you know, doesn't, doesn't matter a whole lot to me. Um, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's a good stadium, but it is, yeah, it's like, like, like the Target Center... They redid that. I was only there once, twice before. Mm-hmm. They've got nice cushion seats everywhere. So you, if the Viking Stadium would have had cushion seats everywhere, a point for that. But they just got the purple seats, normal purple heart seats. So, well, I, you're, I mean, you're talking you know, you're talking like nineteen thousand seats versus seventy two thousand though. What are they, folks? Or if we're spending one point two, get them in, man. Get them okay. in. Okay. All right. Let's go. But uh, I mean, what? It's, I don't know. Did I? I'm a huge fan of the Vikings introduction here with the you know defend the North and they had the Vikings like the the History Channel Vikings show the theme music there. Um, it and it I like the the, the smoke that yeah. comes out. I I like their introductions here much more so sure. than I did before. What did you make of that? Uh, the old guys talking about it. That's fine. Um, the fire is nice. I mean, I don't. You know, they give a shit about the introductions. Uh, the school thing, 
I mean, you like it, I think it sucks. <laughs> uh, they did it. Uh, they uh, they did it like only with two minutes left. Like they did it at the beginning, and only with, I thought they did it at like the end of the third quarter. Yeah, but apparently, but apparently not not on Sunday they didn't. Oh, so, well. so they did it uh, like with two minutes left. Game was done. They decided to do it. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was dumb. Well, the, the, the timing, the, the timing seems a little odd with that. Yeah, normally they should be doing it between the third and the fourth quarter. Yeah, people up there cheering. I'm just sitting there saying, "All right, but whatever. Do do what you got to do. I'll just sit here and wait for you fuckers to sit down." So. <laughs> the game overall was not great, but uh, but uh, what what was I mean? What was your biggest takeaway from that game? I guess. It was like watching soccer if the nets were ten feet high. Oh, because <laughs> of all the field goals. Six, six field goals, for fuck's sake. Uh, what did Baltimore have? Two? Three? Three. Three. Nine field goals. Nine. A lot of field goals. Um, yeah, defense was great. Best defense in the league. They're good. Offensive line was good. Running back was good. Um, Case Keenum, not good. He missed a couple throws he missed that were not difficult throws. Even some he completed. I would agree, I would agree with that. Guy, I mean, guys are wide open, and you're either missing them or you're throwing passes that are not as accurate as I feel they should be. So, he got to get better. 5-2, um, and two, should be 6-2. and two. Listen to the, uh, to the Minneapolis radio on the way home on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to that in many a year, five years maybe, and uh, bad. It was bad, Stacker. Bad. Well, it's better than than your uh, Packers. Uh, Brett Hundley throws for under a hundred nah, yards. Nah, 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 nah. That was not good. Uh, and, and I think now, Krenz, we might have to start just succumbing to the fact that Carson Wentz is going to lead the Eagles possibly to the Super Bowl. A lot of people like this Wentz guy. A lot of people are hard on them. Well, again, I'll wait to, uh, wait to see where we're, we're, we're at here at the end of the year. Okay. See where we're at at the end of the year. And uh, we will see. We will see what he does. Um, Did you see his throw, though, last night to Chris Clement? Or Monday night to Chris Clement? I mean, it was a uh, you know, little wheel route. It was in perfect placement. And then somehow he, he gets out of a scrum that looks like he should have been sacked and runs for 18 yards. So he's got, he's got a lot of... Uh, a lot of good stuff about him, but uh, the injuries could catch up in terms of the wide receivers. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens here with uh, with my guy. Uh, I th- I th- do you think? I think the Packers make the playoffs. Do you think they make the playoffs? I do, but let me say this: I believe the the Packers they they're off this week. I believe they will lose to the Lions in two weeks. And then that Bears game becomes incredibly significant. If they lose to the Bears, they will not make the playoffs. That is my that is my caveat here. Here, I think if they do win, they they still are in that playoff mix when Aaron Rodgers comes back. But I do believe that they will lose to the Lions based on what we saw for, against the Saints. Based off that alone, um, who who would you take if it's Green Bay at Philadelphia in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, oh, well, like if and Aaron Rodgers is back, I'll take the pack. Well, there you go. 
I'm just. I mean, this is this is my greatest fear that the the Packers will still be in in the playoff mix, and Aaron Rodgers is just gonna go uh, insane and lead the Packers just like they were when they went to the Super Bowl in Dallas and beat Pittsburgh. It's just it's gonna be the exact same thing. So that's why need to put them away for good. Uh, the Vikings do get two bye weeks in a row now. I mean, they do have to play Cleveland this oh, week. My. But um, that aside, did you know, uh, I don't know if, if you knew this, Krenz, or not, but Cleveland passed on Carson Wentz last year, and then they passed Boy. on Deshaun Watson twice. And Bad. speaking of Wentz, John Gruden, uh, astute analyst for ESPN, I don't really mind him, but he does go a little overboard from time to time. He mentioned that Wentz was North Dakota strong, I believe, at least a dozen times last night during the telecast. People need to cool on Mr. Wentz here. Well, his numbers are very good. His numbers are very good at this point. I mean, but, good. but the if the North Dakota strong, it was so... It, he just kept saying it over and over that even my brother sent me a text like, Hey, did you know Carson Wentz is North Dakota strong? I've watched the game for 30 seconds and... John Gruden's already said it twice. I'm like, yeah, this is getting a little old. Uh, Ooh, I think I, I obviously didn't have Eagles in the playoffs. I didn't think it'd be all that good. Um, who they beat? Oh, they have beaten. Let's see. Uh, they they did beat the Giants. They swept Washington. So have they beat the playoff team yet? Uh, let's see here. They. They lost to Kansas City by seven. Uh, they beat the Chargers. So no, that's a that's that's a no they beat there. The Chargers by how many points? Uh, two points. They beat the Giants by how many points? Three. They did beat the Panthers. Panthers, I guess, weren't a playoff team last year, though. But they did go on the road and do it. I, I mean, I think any road win is a good road is a good win in the NFL. So I mean, probably want to play division unless something goes bad. Oh, it would have to go incredibly bad. I mean, the only team right now that's got a chance is Dallas, and Zeke is going to get suspended here. I would think at some point. But I think so. I know uh, we will see. Yeah, Philadelphia may be your one seed. We will see how that. Uh, They're the only team right now in the NFL with one. Packers, Packers winning the deal, or Carson Wentz winning the deal. Uh. Oh, the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. No, not even a question. Not even a question. That would be worse? No, 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 that would be better. I'd much rather see that. Oh, that would be better. Yeah. I'd much rather see that than than Aaron Rodgers and the Packers winning. I would much rather see the other one. I I know you would. (laughs) I know. Whoops. Fuck the Minneapolis radio. Paul and Allen specifically. He's on there talking about the Vikings. And they've got three hours to fill every goddamn game. Yep. Not yeah. about uh, McKenzie, McKenzie, McKenzie Alexander was inactive. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, you know, Diggs was out and Michael Floyd was out. So they needed, like, Rodney Adams to suit up for an extra receiver. And they needed to, uh, needed to deactivate somebody. So it was McKenzie Alexander, apparently, is what they were talking about. Okay. And they're just talking. They're just talking shit. They have no, they have no facts, no information to back this up. They're just, I mean, they're just talking shit. Well, how do you yeah, know Paul they, Allen doesn't have the facts? I mean, he's pretty ingrained with that team. He is the play-by-play guy, after all. 
I thought he should be better than this. Then he apparently got a text message five minutes later that, oh, I just got some information that Kenzie Alexander actually was a little hurt. So just stuff like that to where oh, you're, oh. Just, you're just guessing. You're just, oh, this is what I think happened when you have no, no evidence of, of anything. Speculation then, at its uh, finest. Then they brought on the guy that does the gophers, the gopher stuff, and uh, talking about some some quarterback, some local kid who's been uh, like six, seven years. People have heard of him because he was in high school and he went to Texas, and he may have thought about going to Oregon, but now he's back with the gophers. And so they asked him, "Why, you know, why isn't this kid in the mix, or you know, why isn't he getting a chance?" Because gophers sure as hell could use a quarterback. So this guy says, you know, I don't think he is a quarterback. Maybe, you know, switch positions. And then he said, well, I've never seen him play, but, you know, it's like, well, then what are we doing here? What are we doing? You're saying this guy can't play quarterback, and then you just said you've never seen him play. So what, I mean, what What are we doing here? I mean, come on. This is like Todd McShay saying Mitch Leidner is a first-round pick. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? You've never seen him play. So don't say he's the best or he's the worst. Say i never seen him play. I don't know. I'd say give him a chance. You can't do any worse than uh, go for quarterbacks right now. And then at the very end of the deal, who do they compare the Vikings to? Who do they compare them to? The 2000 Ravens. I said, shock you is what I said. Shock you. The 2000 Ravens. And they went position by position for 15 goddamn minutes. Oh, look at the quarterback. Look at the linebacker. Look at this guy. Look at that guy. Jesus Christ. Oh, they went 12-4 and four and they shut out four guys. They gave up, what, all of 20 points in the playoffs? Get the hell out of here. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they make the playoffs, but I get, I think, 6-2 and two to begin the deal. Two and six to close it up. Well, yeah, it, it's an incredibly difficult schedule coming up here, but at least Atlanta doesn't look like they're very good. But which, by the way, uh, I, I did mention Todd McShay talking about um, you know Mitch, uh, Leidner. Mitch Leidner being a first round quarterback last year. I I am always pleased now when I do watch College Game Day. So if you do watch Game Day on Saturday, make sure you keep an eye on the scroll when they do draft. He's going to. The Put the rankings, and he has Dallas Goddard still as the top tight end in uh, in the class. And while I agree, I think Dallas Goddard is he's got to be ranked top three, top five. But if you go to Walter Football, he doesn't. Oh, well, he don't. They don't, don't even have uh, Dallas yeah, Goddard. Bad. I mean, which to me. They have like eleven tight ends or twelve tight ends ranked, and Dallas Goddard isn't on there. Um, I I gotta admit that that to me does not. Uh, I I gotta take a little bit of slack with the with the Walter football here because that's not accurate in my mind. I'm not saying Dallas Goddard's the best tight end. I think he's right up there. Look at some of the numbers he is, the size, how much of a mismatch he is. But uh, yeah, for for them not even to include. Him, I think, is a grave, grave mistake and uh, oversight on their part. Yeah, he might be a first-round pick. Yeah. I mean, he'll be, that would be surprising. He'll definitely be in the top three rounds. Um, you know, probably he'll be a second-round pick, and that'd be, I think that'd be a big deal for South Dakota State. And Winnicky, you know, maybe 56th, 7th round. We'll see where he goes. So, I, I think he yeah, will get, 
he will get drafted, but yeah, it's going down now. And I, I, I don't know if it's more so anything he's doing. I think it's more just teams are double teaming him, and SDSU's not forcing the ball into him like uh, like uh, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. Like Goddard is, you know, whatever it is about him, people seem to like him. So big guy. Good pass catcher, so yeah, I like good I, for him. Good for him. I'm looking at these right now, and uh, Goddard's not even ranked in the top 18 uh, tight ends. Like what? I the? Mean, I'm sure they don't even have um, FCS. I'm sure they're not even. Yeah, they're not informed well. So. No, I, I, but I've gone to these guys before for some of their drafts. They're pretty good. Right. I mean, if they put a Brandon Lingen, a tight end from Minnesota, you saw him on Saturday. He's the 14th best tight end in there. Uh, the the lowest one is like a, a Mar- someone from Marshall, a Ryan Juracek. But, uh, he's from a high school sack. He's from a goddamn high school. Well, yeah, I mean, my no. alma mater. So, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but... Whatever. I mean, you would think if, you know, some people have Goddard as number one, you would think you would have him at least in your top five. But. Teach their own. Uh, I did send out a tweet here uh, that I'm, I'm kind of done with, with SDSU football. Here. What the hell, yeah? What are you talking about? They beat the hell out of Missouri State. Did, it, what are you doing? Did you see you doing? when I sent that tweet out, it was 27 to 24. I'm like, are you kidding me here? This, oh, come on. This is this is not good. Oh, by the way, you did you did go to a WWE event, right? Oh goddamn, yes, I did. How was that? Good. That was the highlight of the weekend. We saw a very good match. Uh, the match we saw was uh, the best thing I saw this week. Uh, the main event was good as well. So those two matches kind of made the show uh, very lengthy line again, and very lengthy line. The line was. Obscenely long. They've redone the target center a little bit, so you gotta you stand in the deal and you stand in these catwalks that go for blocks and blocks and blocks. And I don't know, quarter mile line. It was ridiculous, ridiculous how long this line was at five o'clock or seven o'clock show. Uh, decent show, sold out. They had some about fourteen thousand, maybe fourteen and a half, I would guess. In the 19,000 feet building, they had the stage and area blocked off, but pretty much every seat was full, so good showing, uh, first pay-per-view, decent enough showing. Very good, and um, last but not least here, I sent you a text on Saturday, did you get this or not? Were you able to I did see? not, I tried to, I tried to open it up, that was uh, my, my brand new uh, iPhone 2, not able to open this. So uh, what was this? Okay, so we're picture of what is this? Yeah, we were in. Uh, where are we at? Toys R Us because we were we're babies. Oh, was we're, it a wrestling guy? Was it a wrestling guy? It, it was. It was. So let, let's uh, pulling this up here. Um, okay, it is a. It's so you of course like they have mo- you know cars that you can drive in you know like the the plastic cars you sit down you hit the gas pedal and we you know it's motorized and everything. This this is a it's essentially like a, a four wheeler. Uh, so like an ATV. It's you got picture on here. I don't know who it is. I know John Cena is right there in the middle, but you got the like the WWE belt in here for the you know on the cover. Uh, so it's a it's a w it's full it's a WWE ATV uh, four wheeler 
I'll try and get this picture here to you, but um, yeah, I, I just, I thought of you right away, and I said, uh, should we have a boy? Should I get him this? So, yes or no? I'll accept that. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Then, um... What is it, a kid for like a five-year-old kid or what? Well, I think you probably have to be, yeah, four, probably yeah, three or four to drive this. Roman Reigns? Is there a guy named Roman Reigns on this it, thing? Big, uh, long, dark hair? Uh, is it slick? Kind of wet. Got a goatee? Yes. Yeah, is that Roman Reigns? There's another guy with a goatee, a little longer hair. There's a guy in a black... Um, Doesn't that be AJ Styles? Is this AJ Styles? I, 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 I couldn't tell you at all who it is apart from... Uh, the only one I recognize is John Cena, and I think I should get some points for that one. Uh, well. Well, I mean, at least I understand. Oh, hey, why is John Cena on the WWE thing? Yeah, because I know he wrestles. Uh, there's a guy in a black... Uh, Tank top and Mez. jeans. It's not the Mez. I know who the Mez is. This is not the Mez. Dean Ambrose is a guy named Dean Ambrose. Kind of got messy hair, thinning hair, perhaps. I don't know. I'll try and get this picture here to you. You can tell me who they are. There, and there's someone on the far left that uh, couldn't get in the picture. Seth, Seth Rollins with a gentleman with some dark, wet hair. So maybe some of those guys. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I'll try and get that. Um, I'll try and get that here I too. Think, I would think my guess is better than yours, honestly. My guess would be probably better than yours. I would say. I, I would say so too. <laughs> I would okay. agree. Anything else before we say so long? Get to some college football next week. That'll be good. Penn State, Ohio State. Looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Have I killed the eight thirty kickoff? 8.30, yes, on NFL Network. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's on NFL Network. Yep. What the drizzling shit. Who's doing the game? Gray Gumble and Trent Green, the guys who called Again. Sunday's... Uh, you know, they're not bad. I would take... You know what? Here's, here's the deal. I take any CBS crew over Fox any day of the week. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean... That yeah, should be fun. I mean, you gotta beat the Brahm and... I was, I was seeing some of the scores of these games. Well, they were awful. Week, week seven yeah. was awful in the no. NFL. You had two good games. Uh, Thursday night's game between Kansas City and Oakland was absolutely tremendous. And, uh, of course, Oakland wins it after four tries. And then Buffalo and Tampa Bay was probably the best game, other best game. And Miami and the Jets. But those are the top three from the weekend. They looked absolutely awful. Big Ten scores looked uh, atrocious. Uh, how about uh, Rutgers beating Iowa. Purdue? Rutgers beating Purdue at fourteen to twelve. Yep. And uh, Michigan State Indiana for the longest time was a nine three game. Yep. Big Ten. Big Ten was bad. A lot of bad we football have, uh, right now. A lot of bad football. A lot of bad. I mean, I don't know why. It's a lot of bad football. College and pro. Waiting to see, you know, what teams here in the NFL start to separate. Seattle looks pretty bad. Uh, we were at a place that Seattle looked pretty bad, and I guess they turned it on, I suppose, against the Giants. Just, uh, you know, the Saints all of a sudden look competent. We'll see what happens with the Saints. Um, we're halfway through the year, and we nobody knows what the hell's going on. So. Very true. 
We do have uh, high school football playoffs again this week in South Dakota. It's on Thursday night. Uh, lows that night are supposed to be in the mid-20s, and the wind's supposed to be blowing about 30 miles an hour. So that should be fun. That's going to be fun. There, uh, we are in a uh, a snow, uh, a winter storm watch up here in Fargo. So what? That, yeah. I, I know. Snow. That, yep, that's a, that's what they're saying. What is this? Uh, Thursday. Thursday when the when oh my God. Yeah. So you enjoy the twenties. Oh Who do you get to call this week? Uh nobody. Um thankfully. Oh. Well, that's good. I called one football game this I'm all about the volleyball. All in on the volleyball. That's true. That's where though that's so the uh yeah. That's that's where uh that's where the good team is at. I mean is out of the all the fall sports, is Mitchell volleyball the best of the sports right now? Yeah, football team's pretty good. They're six and three. They got a good. They won the championship last year. They got a good chance to at least get back there this year. Pierce quarterback is very good, but he got hurt, uh, arm, shoulder injury. So that's good for Mitchell. So uh, Mitchell's got a good chance to repeat. I mean, they hadn't won a championship in I don't know decades, and they finally won one last year. They make it two in a row. Uh, Mitchell volleyball is pretty good. Uh, Harrisburg's better. Mitchell, I would put at number two. So see if we get Harrisburg and Mitchell again. But uh, winding down the sports uh, fall sports season got a month to go. Playoffs, some of the season stuff. So uh, very, and, very exciting. And volleyball begins when? Or the volleyball playoffs? They got something new in the state this year, at least for double <clears throat> for double A. They're doing it in all three classes now. It's the Sweet Sixteen. You take the sixteen. There's eighteen teams in double A. Bottom two don't make it. You just seed them one through 16. You play one game. You lose, you're done. You win, you're in the state tournament. So, And they do not reseed after that sweet 16. So Mitchell right now would be the one seed based on points. So uh, they begin November. It's a one-game It's a one game deal. It's all on the same night on a Thursday, second Thursday of November. And it's November 9th. And the uh, state tournament would be the following weekend, the uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday before Thanksgiving out in Rapid City. So all three at the same time, Class B, Class A, Class AA out in Rapid City. Do you like this new format? I do, AA or C, uh, A and B used it last year. Uh, great success. AA is going to use it this year. I think it's going to be great. Before, they broke you up into three districts or regions, and uh, not the, the best team sometimes didn't get in. So uh, it uh, does not benefit West River because West River is bad at sports. And um, you don't say. Get, I don't know why. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, Rapid City should be better. Rapid City, the second. I mean, they should be better at sports than they are. I don't know why, but this should help make more teams deserving of the state tournament. So that's like everybody sounds in favor of it. It's very good. Very good indeed. We'll be talking about it all next week. Uh, see what happens in the high school football playoffs in South Dakota. And uh, World Series talk, and I'm sure a whole lot more college football and everything. Uh, any uh, So uh, anything else before we say so long? Las Vegas Golden Knights killing folks. Just killing folks. Very good. Very good for hockey that the Golden Knights <laughs> are doing as well as they are. So That's right. Very good. Thank you, Krenz. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. We'll see. Uh, more, uh, more swear words, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> we, I don't know. You were at like 20 or 25, I think, here in the first half hour or so. 
we, we may have skyrocketed up to that. Hopefully iTunes won't kick us off, but uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> if they do it, the onus is on you. That's right. I'll take the blame. Okay. PO box. Send me all the email. Okay. Very well. Okay, one, one more thing. One more thing. While, sure. while I remember. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vince Kelly apparently doesn't want to take part in the World Series. Yep. Says he doesn't belong, which I think is a crock of shit. Yep. Um, I mean, he should be there. I mean, he's ninety, ninety-one. Um, he, I mean, what's it going to hurt for him to be up there for an inning? He doesn't have to call the game. Just be a guest for an inning. Um, I thought his modesty a, a bit. It's nice to be modest. Uh, maybe a bit too much uh, on your part, Mister Scully. Uh, you did what you did for damn near seventy years, and if you didn't think you were any good, you probably wouldn't have done it for sixty-five years. So. Um, the people want it. He is, you know, by more than capable of being in the booth for an inning for Christ's sake mm-hmm. in this series. If it even gets back to LA, so um, I don't know what his his issue is with uh, not not taking part. So that's a shame if uh, if he does not take part in this World Series, which it doesn't seem like he wants to do. So it's uh, it's no good. Maybe he'll change his mind. Maybe. I, oh, I mean, I don't understand it. So, I don't know. He doesn't want to do it for whatever reason. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But. We shall see. Thank you, Krins. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you. Travis Krins, Sports Block Podcast here. You can find out the 2080 Baseball Podcast as well on uh, iTunes. Just search that. Also, you can find this on iTunes as well. Heard him there. Uh, Sounds like you had a good weekend. You have all the World Series and you have the South Dakota High School football playoffs going on. Plenty to get to here. We will continue the sports talk here, though, next with Charlie Hildebrand, our good friend from the Sioux City Journal, uh, resident college football expert here on the Sports Block podcast, talking last week, Penn State and Notre Dame did. Look ahead to next week. we got a couple games as well still to come here. It's the Sports Block podcast. So stick around. Much more to come. Continuing here, Sports Block Podcast. Pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Sioux City Journal, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand, our resident college football expert here on the Sports Block Podcast. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Very good. Uh, excited for Halloween, working on a little coffee break for work, Halloween related. Oh, very good. Very good. And uh, when will this be? Spoil and tell you what it is. If you want, otherwise, it's, it's a, this is a, you know. It doesn't need to be a secret. It's the, it's not the scariest, but it's the 10 best horror movies. I'm going to have, hopefully have that up. I don't know what day it'll be exactly, but around Halloween. Very good. Where and can people find this? horror movies in honor of uh, the scary holiday. Very good. Where will uh, people be able to go and find this? I will be on SiouxCityJournal.com. You may have to do the control find thing or just scroll down to the coffee break. A, you might have to scroll down a little bit, unfortunately, but I will also post it on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Very good. Very good. And that is at C.E. Hildebrand on Twitter and, of course, Charlie Hildebrand on Facebook. Uh, we had two marquee matchups this weekend in college football, and both turned out to be relative duds. Uh, so let me ask you this. What was the more surprising loss? Notre Dame blowing out USC, or I, I guess USC getting blown out by Notre Dame, or Michigan getting blown out by Penn State? I don't think it's surprising that the teams that won won. I mean, I think I 
you know, both Penn State and Notre Dame were playing at home, and I think I expected both of them to win. I mean, I didn't think either of them would win like that. I guess I, guess I would say Notre Dame's more surprising because they won by more points. And I think a lot of people probably thought that if it kind of turned into a shootout between Penn State and Michigan, that the Wolverines wouldn't have the offense to keep up. Mm-hmm. But I thought that if, if that happened with Notre Dame and USC, you know, I thought the USC offense, despite injuries and some problems they have or have had, that they still kind of, you know, have the dudes and the guy at quarterback to maybe keep up for a bit. Man, they did not. And, you know, you'll. I think a lot of people probably kind of had Notre Dame written off after losing at home to Georgia. But you look, you know, a month and a half later or whatever at where the two teams are right now, and it's like, oh, yeah, Notre Dame might be one of the four or five best teams in the country, and they just happened to lose to one of the two or three best teams in the country right. by one point at home. Yeah, and to think that how lucky they are schedule-wise that they get NC State coming to South Bend for the first time ever this upcoming week here, and we can get into that game more here shortly. But, I mean, this is an NC State team that is highly ranked. They're very good. Miami is undefeated. Stanford is still Stanford. Uh, yes, they have, what, two or three losses, but, I mean, they're they're just fine. Uh, so, Notre Dame has picked an excellent year to schedule to get some of these teams on the schedule. Well, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's good in the sense that if they beat them all, it looks right. great. But yes. I think it's going to be... I mean, beating USC in the way they did is like a huge feather in their cap and one of the biggest hurdles they had remaining. But, I mean, they've still got... And you throw in Navy also. Like, Navy... Like, I think they'll probably beat Navy, but, you know, that'll... They'll wear you down and it'll make it tough to win the next week. And I think it's just it's going to be going to be tough. Like, I remember, I think like a month ago, I said something on Facebook or Twitter, and I think, or maybe it was a response to something you said, I don't remember, but something to the effect of like, hey, you know what, maybe Notre Dame will win out, and that was before I had looked at their schedule, and I only remembered they had USC and Stanford left. Mm-hmm. Did not know that they had to play NC State and Miami also, and Well, like I said, though, I mean, I, I think, yeah. I, like, right now, I think I would say that Notre Dame would be favored in all of those games, but, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost one or two of them, especially because, I mean, they got to play at Stanford, and it's just, it's tough playing at Stanford. I mean, even though Stanford doesn't have, like, this great home field advantage, it's just tough going on the road in late November and beating them in California. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um I, but the way that Notre Dame just beat him, who's this, Wimbush, the, their quarterback, uh, he, he's very good, he, both running and throwing. Uh, so, it's you know, you loved having those dual-threat quarterbacks a la, like, Lamar Jackson last year. And he's not nearly as good as Lamar Jackson, but he's still better than, dare I say, Deshaun Kaiser. Well, maybe. I don't know. Deshaun Kaiser was pretty good. Yes, I mean, he was. They, he struggled last year record-wise, but he was good, and he was even better as a freshman. I mean, Brian Kelly, whether he, you know he's at Central Michigan or Cincinnati or Notre Dame, we've got a we've got a mobile quarterback who can throw it relatively well. He's, they're tough to stop on offense, and it looks like that's what they've got again. I mean, they've got a great running offense. Yep. Yes, they do. So Notre Dame here and NC State this week. We'll get into that game here. In just a moment, uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and hand Saquon Barkley the Heisman Trophy right now. 
Uh, I mean, yes, Penn State does have a couple of tough games coming up here at Michigan or at Ohio State this week, at Michigan State the following week. If they can get through that unscathed, I think it only you know helps Saquon Barkley's Heisman Trophy uh, resume even more. But what he's done and what he did early in that game against Michigan was incredible. This guy is the real deal. He's pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as you, and I'm not going to hand him the Heisman now. I sort of agree with what you said, but I'll tell you this. He's going to win it or lose it on the two games, or the the game he just had with Michigan and the next If he plays well the next two, and they beat both Ohio State and Michigan State, or if he plays well in both and they go one and one, then I think it's his to lose. But it's worth noting, and, you know, Michigan State and Ohio State can both play defense also. Yes. If they lose or if they win, but he only has, like, 70 yards rushing and not a whole lot of, you know, receiving yards, I think that could that could really I, – I, I don't think he can win it if he doesn't play well these next two games. Now, like, based off what we've seen against a pretty good Michigan defense last week, you know, he still torched them. So I think he certainly – it's possible he could play well the next two. And if, he play, if he plays well the next two, it's going to be incredibly difficult for anybody else to beat him. I mean, like the only other guy I can think of is Bryce Love at Stanford, mm-hmm. who, who statistically is more impressive. But his problem is they've already lost two games. Right. And they could win the rest of their games. But, I mean, it's no gimme saying you're playing tough Washington defense and you got to play Notre Dame. You could lose either one of those. And you start getting down into nine and three. Like in our lifetime, I think the only guys who have won a Heisman Trophy on teams that won nine games in the regular season were Ricky Williams, who broke the NCAA career rushing record, and and uh, Robert Griffin the third, who broke the career passing efficiency record. And at that point in time, it had maybe like the best season ever for a quarterback. And it was with the resurgence of Baylor and all that stuff. So, like, it's not impossible, but it's really tough to win it with nine, or if you only have nine wins. Right. Well, Penn State, like, I'm, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, and they might not do this, but, like, like it's possible Penn State, you know, 13-0 and or 12-1 and and, and the Big Ten champ. Did, um, what did, uh, did Penn State show you anything Saturday night in their, in their beatdown of Michigan, or... Were you like, yeah, that, this is what I kind of expected because I, I I've been on Penn State all year. Uh, I should have taken them. I just this three game stretch here I thought would just be would prove to be too treacherous, and it, it still might be. But uh, Penn State just absolutely dominated Michigan in their first true test. Did they show you anything? Yeah, I mean they showed me a lot. I I thought Penn State would win, but I thought it was going to be a low scoring game. You know, kind of like. Uh like a 17-9 to game, actually a lot like Michigan State and Indiana, or like Iowa Northwestern or Oklahoma State, Texas. I thought it would be a game kind of like that, that they would win just because their guys on offense would make plays late that they needed to. And, like, we, we can talk about Michigan and how things are weird with Jim Harbaugh this year, and they don't look as good. But prior to this game, they've been really good on defense all year. And I think their defense is still pretty good. And they basically just torched them. I mean, I think, like, they, they had more yards in the first half than I think they'd given up in an entire game the whole season. So, I mean, 
I, like, I, I don't know if Penn State's the best team in the country right now, but they definitely look like one of the three best teams in the country. Can you... And, uh, I'm sorry. I, you, would, you wouldn't want to play them if you're another Big Ten team right now. Can you imagine if the if the playoff got Penn State, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Alabama, how great that would be? It'd be interesting. There's a lot of those teams I don't care for, but it would still be entertaining and fun to watch. Uh, Miami survived Syracuse in a low-scoring game. I'm still not sold on the Canes. Uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma survived scares on the road. Oklahoma State beats Texas in overtime 13-10 in a barn burner. Oklahoma beat uh, Kansas State 42-35. Anything else of note here from the college football weekend? Oh, I should say uh, Tennessee covered. They only lost 31-7 to Alabama. And how about Rutgers? Is Rutgers back beating Purdue 14-12? What what caught your eye from the rest of the college football weekend? Well, real quick on Rutgers. Is Rutgers back? Like, maybe. What what destitutes or what, what constitutes being back for Rutgers? Oh, competent like, at football. Four games? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, they could be back then. Back to the future. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to clarify more than that, I guess. No, I don't know. I was just saying back to the future. I, I don't know. I mean... The, the, yeah, yeah. They're just playing competent football, I guess, is is how oh, I'm saying they're back. I mean, yeah. who, who would have thought it's that like, they would have won? Credit, they weren't the worst team in the Big Ten because they beat Illinois and they beat Purdue also. So, like, at worst, they're the 12th best team in the conference. And I think if you run yours, and, like, I'm not trying to, you know, be a jerk here or, you know, patronize them, but, like, after the last two years, if you're Rutgers, I think not being the worst or the second worst team in the conference is at least a step in the right direction. Oh yeah, I mean to think. I mean, how how many people do you think pegged them for three wins this year or three wins to before November even? I didn't think they'd get to three the whole year. Right. So, I thought they'd go winless in conference, and I don't remember what their non-conference was, but I knew they played Washington and knew they wouldn't win that game. Yep, I think it was so Washington, think Eastern Michigan, and. It was Washington, Eastern Michigan, and Morgan State. And I think they lost Eastern Michigan they also. Did. Yep. Yeah, so, so I mean, was, I don't know if the Rutgers is ever really going to be good. They had that one year under Greg Schiano where they won nine or ten games, but, you know, they could at least be confident. And, and in terms of, like, other things, uh, I know you mentioned most of the games. Um, I guess... Central Florida beat Navy mm-hmm. in a matchup of, you know, kind of an interesting mm-hmm. one. That I think Central Florida won by 10, which was yep. by far their closest game of the year because they've just been slaughtering everybody else. Central, Central Florida looks pretty good. That Central Florida-South Florida game, which I think is the last week of the regular season, probably going to be a whole lot on the line for those two teams when they play each other. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, other couple other games to mention: Louisville beats Florida State uh, in Tallahassee, so that's a big uh, loss there for Florida. Two and four, yeah, probably. Like, just real quick on that, that I thought because of the hurricane, mm-hmm. they had to have it canceled. But Florida State's only playing eleven games this year. Yep, they're two and four. They've got to play at Clemson. Like based off what we've seen. Like, I don't want to say there's a 0% chance that Florida State wins. I mean, you know, Clemson could have half their players get sick with the plague. Yep. You know, they could have 15 <laughs> guys in jail. 
I mean, things like that could happen, but based off just normal things, it looks incredibly unlikely like Florida State would win that game. Right. Fair to say that? Yo, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So if they lose that game, that makes them 2-5 and five on an 11-game regular season. That would mean Florida State would have to win every single other game they play just to get to a bowl game. Now, the rest of their schedule, besides Clemson, isn't, like, ridiculously difficult. And I don't have it in front of me. But they do have to play Florida. And now, Florida doesn't look good either, but it brings up that we could have, like, Florida, Florida State, like, one of the ten best rivalries in college football over the last 25 years or so. Could be a game that both teams need to win just to get to a bowl game, which is crazy to think about. When everybody else in the state of Florida is doing great in college football this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to think, you know, South Florida and Central Florida are doing as well as they are, and and Miami. Yeah, it, it's absolutely stunning what's gone on there. Do want to make note, too, uh, I know you cover the, the team in the Sioux City Journal, uh, but Iowa State went to Lubbock and just laid a beat down on Texas Tech, which sucks for me because I had Texas Tech in our college pick this week. Uh, didn't expect that one coming, but Iowa State has turned things around in a hurry this year. Iowa State's ranked in the top 25 right now. Yeah. For the first time, I think since 2005, which means that Iowa State's hosting TCU in a matchup of ranked teams weekend, which, and like, I think Matt Campbell's a good coach, and I thought he had a chance to maybe do some good things at Iowa State. I didn't think they'd be at the point they are right now this quickly, though. Right. I mean... Like, I, I feel confident in saying that it's, it's even though they control their own destiny, it's unlikely they'll win the Big 12, I think. So, I could see Iowa State winning, like, more than just six. I could see them getting to seven, maybe potentially, like, eight wins this year, which would just be, be a huge step in the right direction. But then the other problem is, you know, if you're a school like Iowa State, then you worry if your coach would leave to go somewhere else and for nice. the... Uh, for the Cyclones fans, we'll see it all of Ames. For their sake, I hope Matt Campbell stays there and does well, but we'll see what happens. Now, Campbell's in his first year, right? Second year. Second, I think okay. they, went, they went four and eight last year, I think, Well, they were pretty mediocre. And then they beat the snot out of Texas Tech and Ames last year, and that was one of the reasons why I thought Texas Tech would win this year. Mm-hmm. You know, it was at Lubbock. You know, they got their butts kicked last year, but Texas Tech looked better this year. And then Iowa State with you know walk on quarterback and your other quarterback who's the backup that starts at linebacker Joel Lanning are just like nope taking care of business yeah. which, which is just odd to think about with Iowa State yeah I was because I was going to ask who's in a better position right now Matt Campbell with uh, with Iowa State or Iowa State in general or Tom Herman in Texas I mean that that's it's odd to say but at this point right now Iowa State's a better football team than Texas and but. Since Campbell's in a second, because Texas won at Iowa State like three weeks ago, right? But, but despite that, you're, I think that's still fair and true what you said, though. And that's what I and what I was going to ask is who's in a better position right now, Campbell with with Iowa State or Herman with Texas? But because of you know it's year one for Herman and year two for Campbell, I I think we do need to see what uh, Texas is like at this time next year in year two under Tom Herman. But it's 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 interesting to, to, to see, to say the least, that Iowa State is doing as well as they are right now. Uh, looking ahead to this week's slate, uh, you have the big matchup, of course, in 
Columbus between Ohio State and Penn State. Ohio State was off last week, so they've had two weeks now to prepare for Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley, and company. Penn State coming off that high, and you know it was—I guess it had to be a fairly physical game against Michigan because Michigan's defense is really good. But it just seems to me that James Franklin knows how to get his guys focused on you know the next game, the next week, and of course with. Ohio State being ranked, and I think they remember what happened last year, of course, with when Penn State upset Ohio State, but also Penn State just missing out on the college football playoffs. So they're going into this here, I think, really focused. I don't know for sure if Penn State will come out with a win, but I think it's extremely close. Like 53-47, I would lean Ohio State right now. I mean, do we want to get into this now? Because we're doing the, like, when, does, when do the undefeated teams lose first? And by giving an answer on Penn State, that would spoil. Well, sure. I mean, if, if you would like to, uh, we could, we can, well, you could do that now. Like, well, here, let's do this. I, I can talk a little bit about the game without giving a prediction. Okay. I, I will say that, like, I, to me, it's, it's the biggest matchup on paper. I don't know if it'll be the best game or not, but it looks like it should be a great game. You know, it's in Columbus. It's a huge deal. Ohio State, they kind of struggled with Oklahoma. I mean, the defense, I mean, obviously they lost the game. The Ohio State defense struggled with Baker Mayfield, where I think Trace McSorley is probably the quarterback most like what Baker Mayfield does. But Ohio State, and I've ran it since then, it's not like they've played a murderer's row team. Mm -hmm. You know, most of them aren't very good. But they've looked so, so good and won so handily, and it looks like they're kind of turning things around. And that defense is just so loaded with talent. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see, I mean, especially against the Ohio State defensive line, where, you know, I don't know how much of it is just <coughs> Greg Schiano blowing smoke, but saying that, that, you know, his Ohio State defensive line is the best one he's ever coached or whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, they're extremely talented, and I, I want to see how. Penn State looks against a defensive line. I mean, not not just a defense in Ohio State, but against a defensive line that good. Because that, other than unless Penn State makes the playoff and plays one of two or three different teams in the playoff, Ohio State will be the most talented team they play all year. Yep. So like this can give us, like you know, there's Penn State fans saying we want Bama. Like playing Ohio State's the closest thing you're going to get until you get to the playoffs. It's how how much has Trace McSorley impressed you, and is he going to be the key in this game overall? Or are you looking at somewhere along the defensive line for Penn State? Because I think you know, obviously Ohio State's going to focus so much on on Barkley, but McSorley's been making a lot of plays this year. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean he he maybe throws like the best jump ball I've seen in a few years because it's weird because he doesn't always look like a great passer with every throw, but he seems to just know how to throw it in such a way, like for his own guys to go up and get it, which it seems weird to say that, but I think that's kind of an underrated thing. And maybe it's just he trusts his guys. I, I don't know what it is, but there's so many times where you see him throw a ball up and you're just like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, that's a 45-yard game for Penn State. <laughs> I mean, it helps when you've got potentially the Heisman Trophy winner in your backfield to help take some pressure off. But, I mean, like you said, it's, 
I, th- I think the key to the game is going to be specifically both McSorley and Barkley and how well they get going. If they if they get going, I think they can win this game. If they don't get it moving around or they struggle on offense, I think Ohio State's going to win. And I think they could. I think they could have one of them do well and the other one just do okay and get by for Penn State. But I mean, when you're playing in Columbus, it's tough. And, I know that they lost to Oklahoma. I just I don't know if I see their offense playing that poorly at home again. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just, it, it's going to be up to that that Penn State offense to find a way to generate points and move the ball in a hostile environment. And it's just one of three ranked matchups this weekend. But they're all all three of these rank, four excuse me four ranked matchups. Uh, three of the four look incredibly good. Uh, you we, you mentioned TCU and Iowa State being a ranked matchup. TCU having to go to Ames. I have to think that TCU is going to win that one, right? I think TCU is going to win. Like I'll pick TCU to win in the podcast I do for work. But I doubted Iowa State against Oklahoma, and that was on the road. And when you play it in Ames, I mean, weird stuff happens in Ames. But mm-hmm. but I I do, I do think that TCU is going to win. I don't think they're going to blow them out. Now, they, they could win by 17 in a game that's not really super close. But, but like, I don't think it's going to be, like, TCU 38, Iowa State 6, either. North Carolina State and Notre Dame, it's at uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Uh, North Carolina State's 14th ranked. Notre Dame is 9th. I, I just mentioned that this is, you know, an incredibly, you know, I think lucky situation for Notre Dame that they get a ranked NC State team to come to South Bend, but I almost feel like for Notre Dame, if they beat NC State, then people are going to say, "Oh, it, it's just NC State. They weren't ready for this. You know, they, they they aren't really as good as their 14th ranked shows." And if you're if NC State beats Notre Dame, I think people are going to say, "Well, we had our you know trepidations on on Notre Dame. We didn't think they were that great." Do you do you see that at all, or do you think that I mean this is going to be a great matchup? But I don't think there's a whole lot to be won, I guess, for from either side. I think that's. I I agree with your point, except for one thing. I think NC State's got a lot to win. That if they win. Yeah, okay. There might yep. be a little bit of that, but that'll that'll be the win. Other than beating Clemson this year, that would really put NC State on the map and like, oh yeah, they're for real. Now, in terms of Notre Dame, I agree that if they if they lose, it'll be like, oh well, you couldn't even beat NC State, whether that's fair or not. That's what some people say. And if they win, they'll say, oh well, you beat NC State. Why should we care? Right. And like a couple other interesting things, this was the game last year that Notre Dame probably should have won, but in the monsoon in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. they threw the ball like thirty times, which never worked. But they they just were for some NC State right away was like, "Yep, not going to throw it. We're going to win this by putting the ball and playing defense and letting you screw up." And Notre Dame said, "Oh, we will acquiesce to your demands. <laughs> throw it." Yes, yes, they and did. The that... other interesting thing is, is a lot like the Penn State Ohio State game, but just to sort of a poor man's version of that mm-hmm. is NC State's got a great defensive line. Also, I don't think they have the same talent as Ohio State, and not just or you know in in the back seven or on the offense or on the defensive line. 
But their defensive line's really, really, specifically the D-line, it's really good. And then you take that against Notre Dame with Brandon Winbush and then their uh, running back, what's his name? I think it's, uh, I can't remember. I was going to say Josh Allen, but that's the Wyoming guy. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it pulled up here. Uh, I feel bad for blanking on his name. I think he's better than the, the than Winbush is, though. So it's kind of like that. I don't think Winbush is quite as good of a passer as Trace McSorley, and Notre Dame's running back were quite good. I don't think it's quite as good as Saquon Barkley. But like I said, that this game being the poor man version of Ohio State Penn State, they're they're both incredibly good and criminally underrated for as much as they've won so far this year. And I think you know, it's going to be very similar. If they, if they can get the ball going running, because Notre Dame seems to be much better at running it than throwing it this year, they're probably going to win. But if NC State can sort of shut them down a little bit, I, I, then I think the Wolfpack will win, which would be, I mean, I don't know, it would be a huge win for NC State. It is Josh Adams for... Um, Adams, not yeah. Allen, that's right. Yep, no, you're, you're very close there. Um, and then the other game between ranked teams, Oklahoma State having to travel to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. At the beginning of the year, I thought this would be Oklahoma State's only loss of the year. So, obviously, I really like what Will Greer and David Sills have done at West Virginia leading that high-powered offense. So, we can, ex- I think we should expect plenty of points in this one. But uh, th- this is a very interesting matchup, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's a lot of points. We thought there'd be a lot of points with uh, Oklahoma State and Texas. That's very true. Work out that way. Now, I think Texas at least has more theoretical on talent on defense than West Virginia. And maybe just now under Tom Herman, they're finally being coached better. I don't know. But I, 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 it should, I think it'll be a high-scoring game between Oklahoma State and West Virginia. I know I picked Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 and Mason Rudolph to win the Heisman before the season. While both of those things are still possible, it doesn't look as likely now as it did a month ago. I kind of think that I, I, I can see West Virginia winning this game. Like, West Virginia struggles going on the road because they've got to travel so far. Mm-hmm. But they've also got maybe the best home field advantage in conference. Because whenever they play at home, the other team's got to travel so far, man. And, you know, Morgantown's kind of a weird place, and it is. You know, like like it seems like West Virginia's kind of got it rolling right now on offense. Like it's see the old uh, Will Greer throwing for like four hundred yards. You know, they had a nice comeback against Texas Tech. But uh, secretly, I'm kind of pulling for Oklahoma State just because that's who I pick. But yep. I, I think West. I think West Virginia is going to win. Nope, I hear you loud and clear. And to be fair, West Virginia almost blew a huge lead to Baylor this last week. So yeah, that's true. That's right. I completely forgot about that. Maybe maybe I'm switching my mind a little bit on that. <laughs> Any other matchups this week that you're uh, that you're really intrigued by? Any major storylines at all? There's a couple of other ones. I should have had this pulled up on my iPad because I looked through the whole schedule. And there's two or three others that I thought were interesting, and I'm blanking on what a couple of them are. Georgia, so, Florida, do anything for remember. you? What's that? Georgia, Florida, do anything for you? The big old that cocktail party? Now, now, don't get me wrong. I think Georgia's going to win. But if you look at this rivalry, like ever since Steve Spurrier showed up in Florida, the Gators have just dominated. Mm-hmm. And there's years like this year where it's like, oh, 
Georgia's great. Florida's not any good. No way Florida's going to win this one. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, Georgia or Florida won 27 to 10. How did that happen? Right. So I think Georgia's going to win, but this is, you know, like people say a lot of times, you throw out the records in this rivalry. Mm-hmm. This one, it's not throw out the records. It's more like just throw out Florida's record because they just always seem to win. I think Georgia wins this year, but I, I, if I was a Georgia fan, there's no way I'd be comfortable until the entire game's over or unless you're up by, like, 30 points. All right. Uh, I, and then the other one, um, and I don't know if this is a great game, but just kind of an interesting game. Uh, Cal and Colorado, I think they're both 4-4. Four and four. They both were 3-0 oh in, in non-conference play, and then they're 1-3 in conference right now. I don't know if either of them, maybe neither of them go to a bowl, but obviously one of them's got to win this game. The winner gets to five wins while the loser's stuck at four. Mm-hmm. Like it could be sort of a bowl elimination game of sorts, almost. That's a very intriguing one. One way off the map here. Uh, does Kansas score this week? They've been shut out two straight weeks. They play Kansas State. They play Kansas State. It is in Lawrence for the for whatever that's worth. I don't think they'll get shut out. I think Kansas State will still win handily, but I don't think the Jayhawks get shut out. All right. Well, there you go, Jayhawks fans. Got something going for you, and, and at least you're above Baylor in the Big 12 standings, so that's always great. Speaking of Baylor, they are uh, winless. However, there were a few teams last week that got off the schneid. Charlotte with a huge upset win over UAB. This Hassan Klug, uh, the quarterback for Charlotte, he does it all. He goes in on a game-winning two-point conversion, so, so Charlotte gets their first win of the week or of the year, UMass beats Georgia Southern. They get their first win of the year. So big, big props to those two teams. And as we big, big win for UMass, that was bad for Georgia Southern because they fired their coach the next morning. Well, yeah, I mean you could kind of see that coming. How, speaking of coaches, how does Butch Jones still have a job at least as of Monday night? I think it must be. It just must be that they just aren't going to fire him in season, which. You know, some athletic directors are wired that way, and I understand the thought. Like, I'm okay if you just are going to be like, hey, we paid you so you can coach the whole season, and we'll just fire you when it's over. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I think it's fair to say if he has not been fired up to this point, like, he's probably going to get the rest of the season. I mean, I don't know. Based off the last, or I guess, Three weeks. I think he had a bye week in there, but mm-hmm. like I don't know. Based off those, you know, the last couple of weeks, like you could be like, oh yeah, I don't know. You know, to win this next game, maybe. Because I mean, like I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I mean, just does that seem fair though to say that like if they weren't going to fire a in season, or if they hadn't fired a in season as of now? that he, he just probably won't get fired in double season. Well, I, I think what we had discussed last week or that you had floated out there is that, oh, they don't want an interim coach to go to Tuscaloosa and, you know, be the sacrificial lamb and get slaughtered. Uh, so, and the fact that Butch Jones does keep bringing in these high recruiting classes, maybe Tennessee's just saying, okay, 
you know, we're in the, again, that kind of that transition year. We don't have Josh Dobbs. Uh, we got to figure out the quarterback situation. Maybe they're going to give Jones one more year. I don't know, but uh, it's it certainly gone off the, the, the train has gone off the tracks here very quickly down there in Knoxville. It's also worth saying that they could be trying to do what Texas basically did last year with Charlie Strong and Tom Herman, mm-hmm. where it don't fire him until the season's over. And then you fire him, and six hours later announce the new head coach. The thought would be, and like we could debate how well this might work, but like everybody's so worried about recruiting now that if you fire your coach in the middle of the year, it's much easier for recruits to say, "All right, well, I'm leaving now. I'm going to go somewhere else." Mm-hmm. And also, you get the because like eventually, or at first, you'll have some guys that'll say, "No, I still want to stick here." But you'll have coaches from other schools over and over saying, well, the coach has been fired. The coach has been fired. Who are you going to get? Who's going to be the new guy now? Or if you wait until the Sunday, which I don't remember what day it is in November, the final regular season game. Right after Thanksgiving. The, the Sunday after the, the Thanksgiving weekend. If you fire your coach at noon and you hire the next head coach at 630 because you have it all worked out ahead of time, it's much sooner than I think you say kind of, which is exactly what Texas did with Charlie Hart, or Charlie Strong and Tom Herman. Mm-hmm. Then you can be like, oh, hey, yeah, we fired him, but here's the new guy already, and he's already recruiting you. And look, you don't have to work, speculate about who the new coach is. Here he is yep. coming to visit you in a couple weeks. <laughs> so I think it might just be that, that that's what they're attempting to do. Well, that, that could very well be the case. Uh, fortunately for Tennessee fans, they are not in our newest game here, the newest sensation of when will they. But a few other teams are. So, I mean, again, congratulations to Charlotte and UMass for getting off the winless schneid here. So um, I sent you these teams ahead of time here. So we'll go over the when will they on the winless side first. We'll only go over a couple of them. But UMass did lose to, or they did beat Georgia Southern, who, as you mentioned, just fired their head coach. So Georgia Southern, when are they going to, when will they win a game this year? Will they win a game this year? I'm glad that you sent me teams ahead of time because I've got them printed out on a sheet of paper here and with my predictions. Georgia Southern will leave the ranks of the unbeaten and join teams that have won at least one game on November 4th with a home win over Georgia State. Very good, very good. Uh, That is in uh, Statesboro at uh, Georgia Southern, I'm guessing? Is that Georgia Southern? Very good, very good. All right, that's so. Uh, November fourth, you said that is November fourth, according nope. to the ESPN.com schedule. All right, so not this week, but next week, Georgia Southern fans, Jerick McKinnon, especially you, I, and this is perfect. Jerick McKinnon, the Vikings have an off week that week. Go down to Statesboro, Georgia. Go cheer on Georgia State, and maybe you could even play a little quarterback for him. I don't know if maybe right. if he has a year of eligibility, that's great. How about UTEP? The Miners, they've been playing better there under, what, what is it, Mike Price, who uh, took over for the yeah, other coach? Interim, got? Former head coach, now now interim head coach after the other guy got fired, yep. Mike Price. Uh, the same Mike Price who was the head coach at Alabama for like a month until he got fired because they found out he was taking strippers back to his hotel room. Oh, well, you know, that doesn't get nearly enough coverage there. Louisville's like, yeah, that's nothing. Our players are doing that. <laughs> True. Well, 
was a different time back in like 2002 or whatever it was when it happened. That that is very true. That is very true. So UTEP 0 and 7. They've been playing a little tougher. They played Western Kentucky close a couple weeks ago. Got shut out to Southern Miss. When will they? When will UTEP win a game? I crunched the numbers, looked at the schedule. I read the tea leaves. I worked at the Mayan calendar, looked at the Farmer's Almanac, scouted everything. UTEP, not until 2018 are they going to win. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm calling 0-12. Well, at least they have an, you know Aaron Jones, a starting running back in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers. So that's good news for them, at least. So True. Hang, hang your hat on that. And, and Carson Palmer's younger brother played there. Oh, that's true. Oh. Played or plays? Not played. Played, yeah, yep. Yeah. Jordan Palmer, right? Wait, Jordan Palmer? Yeah, I think that's his name. Yeah, the former guy on The Bachelor, if I recall. I mean, that's that's a shame if that's your claim to fame, but... Um, I guess to, to each their own. Uh, now we'll go to the win winning side here, the undefeated side. This Don't is a good. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed the winless ones, but the undefeated ones is a little bit more fun to go through. Yes, oh yes, because you know, and I I tried to pick some of these teams because we have there are plenty of undefeateds out there, but I'm not going to go with the Alabamas and you know and Penn State because Penn. Well, actually, I did go with Penn State. Excuse me, they are one of the three. Uh, because they have a difficult game this week against Ohio State. But I wanted to go with a couple other ones that maybe we just don't have a great feeling for them. We've talked about this first team a lot, though, and that's Miami. A lot of close victories, but yet they are still undefeated. So when will they, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand, when will Miami lose their first game? I've got two answers here. I'm going to give you my definitive answer of what I think it is, and then give you another possibility in case I'm wrong. Now, I'm going to preface this with I'm not trying to sound like I'm pandering or blowing smoke here. Okay. But I think their first loss is going to be to your Virginia Tech Hokies. Woo! I like that. I like the sound of that. And if somehow, now it is at Miami. Now, Miami doesn't have a great home field advantage, but every team just plays better at home. Mm-hmm. If they don't win that game, I think they will, or if, if Miami does win that game, if your Hokies don't win. Then I think Miami will lose the following week to Notre Dame. Okay, so the the, the high Virginia Tech Notre Dame that's like that's a tough back to back games right there. I don't I don't think they're getting through those two on No, I think that's I think that's a great point. And then I do I do think with Miami, not I'm not calling for the upset right now, but I do think that game at Pitt's a very sneaky game there because it's going to be cold there in November up in Pittsburgh, Miami. Maybe they just get a little frozen out. They might not be ready to play. That's true. It could happen. It's happened before. Uh, Wisconsin, they are undefeated. It seems like they're always undefeated at this time uh, unless they play Alabama in the non-conference. But they're undefeated right now. When will they lose their first game? Wisconsin will not lose their first game until dot, dot, dot. The Big Ten Championship game when they lose to either Ohio State or Penn State. Okay. Undefeated regular season. They could lose to Michigan. Like, Michigan's not ranked anymore. And a lot of people are throwing around that Jim Harbaugh's got the same record as Brady Hoke through this many games. While they're struggling a bit this year, I feel confident that Harbaugh's a better coach than Brady Hoke. And he's not going to get fired next year like Hoke did in year four. 
Okay. So I could see I could see them losing to to Michigan, but it's it's in uh, Madison. So I think I think Wisconsin's undefeated in the regular season, just and then lose them the Big Ten championship. Just how good is Wisconsin, really? I mean, are they truly the fifth ranked team in the country? I don't think they're the fifth best team. I, they might be one of the ten best teams. If not ten, they're top fifteen. And their defense is really good. I mean, it's not loaded with the same kind of athlete that Clemson and Alabama has. Not to say they're not good athletes. They're just not all freakish athletes. But mm-hmm. they're, all, they're all still good athletes that are functional and they know what they're doing and they're sound tacklers and physical. And <clears throat> So defensively, they're good. I, I, part of it is, I think the thing that's really keeping them back to me, in, in addition to they have quite a great schedule. But some of the teams they played that we thought would be good, maybe like Nebraska or BYU, not any good at all, it turns out. But my, I think what's really old in Wisconsin back is their quarterback and Alex Hornibrook. I think he's confident, but, you know, it, if, if push comes to shove and you need a late game-winning drive against Ohio State or Penn State or Alabama or Clemson, like, do you really want Ali, Alex Hornibrook to be the guy to go 80 yards in a minute and a half? Yeah, probably not. But but let me ask you this one more one more quickie on here on Wisconsin. We'll get to our final team then. Who has a better chance to make the playoffs this year, Wisconsin or the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I'm gonna say Wisconsin. Okay, because right. I think Wisconsin Wisconsin's going to be in the Big Ten title game, like almost certainly. Because I think everyone else in the Big Ten West Sucks. has at least two losses. Yeah, it would have to be a catastrophic fall. To get to two, I think, or to not win the division, like, I, I think Wisconsin will be in the Big Ten title game at, at least eleven and one. And then if they beat Ohio State or Penn State or I guess Michigan State, I think they would get in at twelve and one. It kind of depends on if Notre Dame loses somewhere, but I think they get in. Where with, with Green Bay, I mean, yeah, it just it depends when Aaron Rodgers gets back and. For his sake, I hope he comes back and is entertaining, but, but that's, a, that's a lot of ifs to bank on for the Packers. Finally, uh, we talked about this before, and you, you didn't give it away here when we discussed the game, but Penn State, undefeated. They have to go to Columbus this week, take on Ohio State. When will they, when will the undefeated Nittany Lions suffer their first loss? Penn State will suffer... This is being recorded on a Monday. Yes. FYI, for anyone listening. Penn State will suffer their first loss six days from when we're recording this, when they play at Ohio State. All right. I think the Buckeyes will win. Right. I'll give you a sort of, kind of like I did with Miami, give you another one where if Ohio, if, if Penn State does beat Ohio State, I think they will lose the following week at Michigan State. Right. Yep. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, like Michigan State, we didn't we didn't know they'd be as good as they are before the season. Mm-hmm. I thought they six and six. It feels like Michigan State's probably going to win at least nine games in the regular season. And Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State—they're really nasty three games. I think it's Especially the most. The last we were on the road. I think it's the most difficult three-game stretch that any team has this year. I mean, it might be. I mean, I'd have to look at some other ones, but but man, I, I can't name anything else off the top of my head. 
I mean, Nebraska had a tough two-game stretch with Wisconsin and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But you can find tougher two-game stretches, and then they were also both at home. Yep. So, I mean, when you're playing them at home, it's different. Very good. So that's when will they... Uh, a game that uh, hopefully is sweeping the nation. But the game that has swept the nation thus far is bullbound or not. Eugene in Oregon, he loves it. Uh, he says I can't get enough of it. Baker Sfield in California, he is just all about it. Say, how is this not more popular? He's, he's t- sending this here on Twitter. Uh, so you have all of these. You know, these- My coach was a dog. From Washington, Tacoma, you love the ball. Oh, well, that's great. Thank you, Tacoma. I mean, that I just that 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 helps so much here to, to know. And Gary in Indiana said sent a thoughtful letter about how much he looks forward to this every week. So uh, my other cousin's dog, Biloxi from Mississippi. Oh, Biloxi! Oh, thank you. So Biloxi, the dog. I, I appreciate you listening here and barking along here with Bullbound or not. So. Uh, I mean, we won't go over Florida State anymore. We've kind of we've kind of beat them. We beat that. That's kind of a dead horse right now. I'll beat it one last time, quick. Florida State, no bowl game. Okay. Swing and hit that horse once more. Okay. Very fair. Uh, let's see here. We're kind of getting down here. I don't want to go over some of the ones that we've already done, but let, let's go here, and I'll get these to you next week here with some of the teams, I guess, that I'm looking at here. But let's go North Texas. They're four and three right now. Are the Mean Green getting a? Are they bull bound or not? And I'll give you their schedule here. Remaining, it is home to Old Dominion at Louisiana Tech, home to UTEP, home to Army, and at Rice. I feel fairly certain what the answer is going to be, but I'll ask it anyway. Is North Texas bull bound or not? I think they're bull bound. I think they're getting to six. I don't know if they'll go more than six. Army, Army's going to the second straight bowl game because they're six already. Good for them. I don't think they'll beat Army, but I think I think the Mean Green are going bowling. Well, I think between you know they're playing Old Dominion this week. I think they win that one. They'll beat UTEP, and then they'll beat Rice because Rice is terrible. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so there you go. I'm, I'm giving them minimum minimum of seven wins. Uh, the MAC is full of mediocrity. Let's go to let's let's talk about Akron here. Uh, Akron. The fighting Yes, yes. Akron's four and four. Home to Buffalo at Miami of Ohio. Home to Ohio and home to Kent State. Is uh, Akron bull bound or not? I'm gonna say they're bull bound to six and six. Terry, Terry's gonna find a way. He's gonna find some of those motivational speeches his dad gave him. Gonna give him to his players. They're not gonna beat Ohio. They're gonna be. Well, they're gonna win two of the other three games. Central Michigan sticking in the MAC. They are also four and four. They are at Western Michigan, home to Eastern Michigan, at Kent State, and home to Northern Illinois. Central Michigan bull bound or not? I hate to say it because I know so you're a Dan Lefevre guy, and I also like Dan Lefevre. Yep. Got nothing against the Chippewas. No, no bowl game for Central Michigan. No, That's okay. You, you, you know who's upset, though, about that? Antonio Brown. Isn't he from Central Michigan? I think so. I know it's one of the directional Michigan schools. I always forget which one. Though. I'm pretty sure it's Central Michigan. I, I know. I, I'm sure Michigan, or people from Michigan who are from one of those schools that drives them crazy. When people like us get them mixed up, 
Like, I remember which school is, like, which mascot and their colors. Yep. But I always forget which guys went to which school. Because I know Greg Jennings went to Western Michigan. And I, I just feel like it was Antonio Brown went to Central. But but maybe maybe I'm off the rocker here a little bit. And that one guy from the, the offensive tackle from the Chiefs. Yes. That was drafted one overall. He, I think he also went to Central Michigan. I, I believe you are right. I do believe you are right. Uh, let's see here. A uh, couple more here to close. Um, actually, we'll go three more here. Well, let's go to the Mountain West. You know, we're hitting some of the mid-majors here this week. Air Force is three and four. They have at Colorado State, home to Army, home to Wyoming, at Boise State, and home to Utah State. Is Air Force bull bound or not? It pains me to say it. I kind of like Air Force. I, I I don't root against any of the service academy schools in general. Air Force is at a weird year, and they're not going to go to a bowl game. Yeah, that's a, it. It seems like it's a daunting. Tough to get all three service academies to go to a bowl game the same year. I think that's the moral of the story. And Army has already, um, a they're already bowl bound, but they've they've already accepted their invitation to the, like the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. So. Their invitation, unless they are invited to a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, that ain't going to happen. Sort of like, which is like you or I saying, yes, we will accept working at our job unless we get a fifty million dollar check in the mail. Yeah, or, so, yeah, unless we win Powerball. So, in in yeah. other words, it ain't happening. Uh, Not happening. Let's go here to New Mexico. We'll stay in the. In the Mountain West, they are three and four. Yes, yes. I and I actually watched some of this game on what was that Friday night when uh, New Mexico. I think it was Friday. I watched some of it too when I got home from work. I don't. I really don't know why I was. It was just on, so I I was watching it. You know, Colorado State and to see how good really they are. But yeah, the Fighting Bob Davies just couldn't get it done. And I actually forgot he was the coach there at New Mexico because uh, he was the former. ESPN analyst, but uh, that aside, New Mexico is also three and four, just like Air Force, and their remaining schedule is as follows: uh, You are home to Utah. Oh, excuse me, at Wyoming, home to Utah State, at Texas A&M, home to UNLV, and at San Diego State. Is New Mexico bull bound or not? I don't think they are. That's a, that's a tougher schedule than I thought you were going to list out. There were, there were, I think, three or four of those games where it wasn't just like, I doubt they win that. It's like, there's no way they're going to win that. So, unfortunately for the Lobos, the New Mexico, no bowl game. And that means that's a very unfortunate for the New Mexico Bowl. Because who is going to be in there? Who's going to replace New Mexico? Not New Mexico State, that's for sure. So if New Mexico <laughs> doesn't get in, they're screwed. All right, one more here for you. And... You know what? Let's just let's just pile on Butch Jones here a little bit more, and let's go Tennessee. Uh, they're three and four. Is Tennessee going to be bowl bound or not? Uh, their remaining schedule. I th- maybe we went over this already, but it's at Kentucky, home to Southern Miss, at Missouri, home to LSU, home to Vanderbilt. Is Tennessee bowl bound or not? Give the schedule one more time yep. in reverse order. Oh yes. Uh, Home to Vanderbilt, home to LSU, at Missouri, home to Southern Miss, at Kentucky. 
this is a tough one because I think they're going to beat Southern Miss. This is the thing. If I could see them losing any of those games, I feel confident that they're going to lose to LSU. Mm-hmm. Because even though Coach O, weird things happen, like LSU I think is just better. And I don't think they'll be able to stop Darius guys who appears to be healthy again now. After that, I could see them winning any of those games, but their offense has been so putrid lately. I'm, 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 go- I'm going no. Five and seven, no bowl game. Make it official. Butch is getting fired. And for all the Tennessee fans that hate him, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Butch Jones is good. But at least he's leaving Tennessee in a better spot than Derek Dooley left today. <laughs> at least, at least all, all you have to do is hire someone that's not Derek Dooley, and then at least you know you're probably not going to be worse. Under the uh, I think John Gruden and probably Chip Kelly would be right at the top of the list. The groomers for John Gruden. Yes, and you know I like what? that. At this point, I kind of hope he does take the job, just because it would be so shocking and interesting, as opposed to just us all the time going. There's clearly no way he's going to take that job, which, which he's not going to, but it would almost be funny at this point. It would. Well, that is his alma mater, right? I hope uh, if my Cornhuskers make head coaching change that the guy I want from Central Florida Scott Frost. doesn't go to Tennessee instead of Nebraska. Ugh. That would be devastating. I might cry if that happens. Well, we won't get you on for that, uh, but hopefully that doesn't happen. It doesn't come to that. But Charlie, appreciate the time as always, my friend. Uh, we'll uh, do. We'll play some more games next week. Uh, does that sound like a plan? That sounds good. I, you know what? When it gets to this point in the year and there's more stuff going on, I like it when we bump it up to every week. Very good. All right, we will do that. Thank you, my friend. Yep. Keep it happening, stacking. You too, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal, kind enough to join us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Great stuff there. Uh, hope you have some fun with uh, this segment, the bull bound or not, the when will they. When will they just kind of, I just came to my mind, like looking at all these winless and, and undefeated teams, like, you know what, we could do something with this. So, yeah, good stuff as always. Uh, but uh, big week college football-wise, uh, you got the four ranked teams, of course, Headlined by Penn State at Ohio State, I am fully in the in the the camp and the supporting uh, system of, of Penn State. So go Nittany Lions, go Saquon Barkley. Uh, the rest of the games they should be great too. Full slate of college football. Uh, college game day will be at Columbus for Ohio State Penn State. So definitely tune into that Saturday morning and, and full day of college football. Just relax and watch some good games. We're gonna get them. 11 a.m. to like. 1.30 a.m. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll wrap up the podcast, though, as we always do, with a look at, uh, you know, recap what happened the previous week in the NFL. Look ahead to the upcoming week here and pick some games here on the Sports Block Podcast, now on iTunes. We wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look, as we always do, look back at what happened in the previous week in the NFL and a look ahead predict who's going to win the early forecast of who's going to win games for the upcoming week. Uh, So let's begin right to it. One of the best games of the year that you will see happened last Thursday night. Uh, Oakland beats Kansas City 31-30. Back and forth game. Kansas City had the lead in the fourth quarter. Oakland came back, stopped the Chiefs, uh, and then had one last chance. Derek Carr puts together an amazing drive, all capped off by... A pass interference, or a, a catch 
by Jared Cook that's ruled a touchdown on the field, only to be down at the one. Ten-second runoff. Raiders have eight seconds left. Pass to Michael Crabtree. Offensive pass interference, so it goes back to first goal at the 11 with three seconds left. Holding penalty against Kansas City, untimed down. Another holding penalty against Kansas City, another untimed down. And that's when Michael Crabtree uh, catches the game-winning touchdown from Derek Carr. 31 absolutely amazing game. Uh, Buffalo and Tampa Bay had an entertaining game, one of the more entertaining games this week. Because week 7 stunk for the most part, but Buffalo and Tampa Bay was not one of them. Uh, the Bills win 30-27, to had a 17-6 lead in the game, but Tampa Bay came roaring back, actually held a 27-20 to lead, and then Buffalo gets a, a, the game-tying touchdown. LaShawn McCoy finds the end zone for the first time this year. He had two rushing touchdowns on the day. Then they force a turnover, kick a field goal, and Tampa Bay did have a nice lateral there at the end, one of the longer ones uh, of this year, maybe the longest one of the year, but uh, ultimately... They come up short. Buffalo wins 30-27. to The Chicago Bears a quarterback, Trubisky, threw seven times. Not in the quarter. Not on a drive. Not in half. The entire game. Seven times. And the Bears somehow win 17-3 thanks to two defensive touchdowns by cornerback Eddie Jackson. The rookie had a fumble recovery. Uh, that he scooped up and ran 75 yards back for a touchdown, or 76 yards, and then an interception that he returned 75 yards for a touchdown. Incredible stuff. Uh, Cam Newton and company struggle for a second consecutive week. That is not good news for the Panthers uh, as they fall 17-3 to the Bears. Tennessee-Cleveland, another ugly game. No offensive touchdowns in this one. Uh, field goal fest. All uh, the seven field goals in all Tennessee gets... The uh, gets four of them, and they win 12-9 in overtime. But the big storyline in this one, Joe Thomas, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. The only good thing the Cleveland Browns have going for them. Suffers a torn triceps, so his consecutive snap streak of 10,000, I think 363, that's done. He's out for the remainder of the year. A devastating blow to him or, and the, you know, to the Browns. I mean, it's already a bad year, but, I mean, Joe Thomas, one of the best guys in the league. And, uh... Yeah, that, that just sucks all the way around. New Orleans beats Green Bay 26-17. Brett Hundley threw for, what, 88 yards, 87 yards? Not good. He's 12-25. Aaron Jones had a, a, a big rushing attack for Green Bay. but and, uh, and Drew Brees and company, not on the same page in the first half. Two interceptions. It was a rainy day, but they get it going in the second half. Drew Brees ices the, or seals the game with a uh, touchdown run. He essentially just leaped over the pile. Stuck the ball across the... Knows of the goal line. That's all that matters. Saints win 26-17. Jacksonville, uh, they, it says on here that they played the Indianapolis Colts. I don't necessarily believe that because the Colts were an absolute no-show in this one. 27-0 the Jaguars won. Blake Bortles threw for over 300 yards. The Jaguars didn't even have Leonard Fournette. And after the game, T.Y. Hilton, Colts wide receiver, calls out the offensive line. Probably rightfully so. This was just an absolutely abomination of a game and a performance by the Colts who look like they've absolutely quit. Another team that may be on the verge of quitting, the Arizona Cardinals. They lose 33 to nothing in London to the Rams. Uh, it was a close game early on, but then Carson Palmer breaks his left uh, forearm, non-throwing, I believe, yeah, non-throwing arm, uh, but he's out minimum eight weeks. And Drew Stanton is just not that sort of guy. Jared Goff and the Rams offense... Clicking in this one, and they win 33 to nothing.
Entertaining game between the Dolphins and the Jets. The Jets actually had a 28-14 lead in the fourth quarter. Then Jake Cutler has to leave. He would find out that yeah, he has two cracked ribs. And, I mean, that's that's just awful for him. But Matt Moore comes in, and all of a sudden the Dolphins, Dolphins offense lights up, and they win 31-28 thanks to Josh McCown throwing an ill-advised interception with 47 seconds left remaining in the game. Pass was really to no one but a, 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 a Dolphin. And the Dolphins win 31-28. Vikings win 24-16 over the Baltimore Ravens. Lots of field goals in this one. But Latavius Murray uh, had uh, a 100-yard rushing yard performance day and a touchdown. Good to see him do that. Ravens get a garbage, garbage, garbage touchdown to make it 24-16. But a good day by the Vikings defense against a, a Baltimore offense that just for lack of a better, they have no offense. That's all really you have to it. Dallas steamrolls San Francisco 40-10. to Ezekiel Elliott, a magnificent day, over 100 yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns, a 72-yard touchdown reception. So he was balling as he fights his suspension, and the Cowboys whoop up on C.J. Beathard, who was making his first start, the rookie from Iowa. And uh, the 49ers, ugly. They lose 40-10. to Pittsburgh takes down Cincinnati 29-14. Entertaining game early on. Both teams alternating scores. It was 14-14. But then the Bengals offense just stalled. Andy Dalton did not play well. The Bengals as a team didn't have more than like, what, 30 yards in the second half combined. Uh, Joe Mixon didn't get the ball in the second half like he wanted to. The Steelers just keep tacking on field goals and they win 29-14. The Chargers shut out the Broncos. This is the first Broncos shutout since 92. I believe the Colts got shut out for the first time since 93 as well. But the the Broncos offense, non-existent the last couple of weeks. Trevor Simeon just couldn't get anything going. C.J. Anderson, nothing going on the ground. And the Chargers, they've all of a sudden won three in a row. So things looking up for the Chargers. They win 21-0. Seahawks beat the Giants 24-7. Giants had, what, did they have even have 200 yards of offense? Maybe wasn't much. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense finally got going in the second half, and they throw he throws over 300 yards and three scores, and the Seahawks pummel. Well, they, they didn't pummel. They just beat the Giants 24-7. Uh, then other game here in a fog. A, a fog's going over the Atlanta Falcons offense. Really don't know what's going on there, but... Uh, the Patriots win 20, uh, 23-7. Fog rolled into the uh, to Foxborough, to, to Gillette Stadium for the second half. Don't really uh, know what happened there, but but it did. And, uh, you know, made for some interesting viewing on television. But the, the Falcons' offense is a disaster right now. Julio Jones does catch his first touchdown, but you could tell they were forcing it. A couple missed field goals. They went for it on fourth down, so... Dan Quinn was being aggressive, but alas to no cigar, the Patriots win 23-7. They're starting to look much better like the Patriots we expected to see at the beginning of the year. Philadelphia then, Monday night, takes care of Washington 34-24. What can you say about Carson Wentz? I'm coming around to him. I know uh, it just pains me that he's from North Dakota State. If they didn't have five national championships in a row and aren't dominant every year, Maybe I think differently. But anyway, I digress. Four touchdown passes in this one. And a magnificent throw to Chris Clement along the the sideline. And he escaped a sack somehow. He's the real deal. But the, the Eagles do lose 
left tackle Jason Peters for the year, and they lost a linebacker for the year as well. So the injuries situation, it's not good for uh, the Eagles, but they do get the win, and that's really all that matters. They are the only team in the NFL right now with one loss. So that is a big deal. Uh, let's go to week eight action here now. It'll begin Thursday night, as it always does. This on the NFL Network and CBS. Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's offense not going anywhere. They do expect to get Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin back, which will help. I do think, though, the Dolphins are they're, they're just a better team with Matt Moore. Gives them a sense to believe. I'm going to pick the Dolphins right now. Official pick will be in Thursday's The Stack. But uh, at stackattack.sportsblog.com. But I, this one, it's it's weird. Baltimore's offense has just been non-existent this year. I think the Dolphins can get it done. Wake up Sunday morning with the with the Minnesota Vikings at the Cleveland Browns, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. It's in London. Yippee. It doesn't matter who the Browns quarterback is. It doesn't. I mean, the Vikings have some offensive line injuries. That's not good, especially against Miles Garrett. And Greg Williams is a pretty good defense coordinator, but the Vikings should still steamroll the Browns. Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I mean, the Jets have a very good defense. Josh McCown and company playing much better. At some point, Atlanta's got to figure this out. Is this the week? I'm going to say yes, but I'm losing patience with them and losing faith in the Falcons. But I will take them for the win. Carolina at Tampa Bay, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Panthers' offense right now is a joke. Uh, Tampa Bay, close to beating Buffalo last week. They come back home. This is a a, a major... They need this win, major, because they're, what, 2-4? and four? They need to pick things up here. Now, if they want a chance to make the playoffs, maybe win the division. So I'm going to take the Bucks in this one, but not by much. San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Come on. If the, if the 49ers lost by 30 to Dallas, and that was in San Francisco last week, they have no shot in Philly. Carson Wentz rolls in this one. Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Don't look now, but the Saints have won four games in a row. The Bears, they aren't going to be able to stop Drew Brees and that offense and you're going Trubisky's going to need to throw more than seven times. The defense for the Saints is getting better. They beat the Bears handedly in this one. Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Patriots are rolling right now. Chargers are playing better, but I like the Patriots overall in this one. Oakland Raiders at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Early kickoff for the Raiders, coming off that big high, that emotional win against Kansas City. No Marshawn Lynch in this one. Buffalo's playing really well, but something tells me that maybe something clicked for the Raiders last week, or maybe it's just a hope that I have, but I will take Oakland over Buffalo in this one. Indianapolis Colts at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. After last week, does anyone think the Colts have have any shot the rest of this year? Is Andrew Luck even coming back? No way. Cincinnati rolls in this one. Houston Texans at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Interesting game. Houston playing very well right now. I think Seattle's defense can slow them down a little bit. And I like Seattle overall at home to make life difficult for rookie Deshaun Watson. But the Seahawks win in a close game, low-scoring game there at the link. 
Not the Lincoln Financial Field. CenturyLink in Seattle. Dallas Cowboys at the Washington at Washington, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Cowboys looked very good last week. Ezekiel Elliott's playing in this one. I think they didn't they lose. No, they almost lost to Washington last year. Almost. Washington has some offensive line issues with injuries. I like Dallas in this one. Pittsburgh at Detroit, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Lions have had a couple weeks now to stew about that loss to the Saints. The Steelers are playing really well right now. A closer game, but the Lions, they are going to beat Green Bay here in two weeks. But they aren't going to beat the Steelers here. Close game, but Pittsburgh ultimately wins. And then Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, ESPN Monday Night Football. Broncos no offense. Chiefs have an offense. They're very good. They It doesn't matter how good the Broncos defense is. Chiefs roll. And that's a look at week eight in the NFL. The official picks and predictions will be in the stack. You can find that at stackattack.sportsblog.com. Or just, yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, find it online. Just search the stack. We got it all. It's at sportsblog.com. And, um, yeah, so so there you go. Uh, thank you to, for listening to this week's edition. Thank you to Charlie and Travis, as always. Uh, great stuff hope you enjoyed the the college football talk and everything else that we discussed today that we'll be definitely doing it again next week you can find this podcast available on itunes just search the sports block otherwise follow me on twitter at nd stacking otherwise also on facebook nathan stacking we'll have links posted on each social media site later on in the week uh so thank you for listening Hope you enjoyed the podcast as always, and we'll be back next week. So tune in again, download us through iTunes for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Name a second saying thank you. Have a great week. Enjoy the Vikings game in London. We'll be back to talk to you next week on the Sports Block Podcast. <laughs>